are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime prime time. It's XL Prime Time featuring Joe C. Son of a gun. Matt Hayes. His balls are different in person. Mia O'Brien. I don't know what they're doing. And Leon Searcy. Bringing you love, peace, and soul. Welcome in XL Prime Time, Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota Tuesday. I'm going to steal Matt's line there and react to it and go, suddenly his, his balls aren't different in person. Uh, so we will probably get into that a little bit today as well. Welcome uh, to a Tuesday. We're counting down to Christmas, okay? By this time next week, you know what's happening? You know what's happening? You're looking at returning stuff. Okay, you're either getting on Amazon or you're heading back to the. It, it was so funny. We were TLD and I were shopping somewhere, and we're in this long line. And then we looked at the lady behind the register, and we said, "We'll see you next Tuesday," because <laughs> everyone will basically unwrap everything and then just take it back. Here we, I was thinking yeah. that what you were alluding to next Tuesday is us filling in for the Frangie show from yeah. three to six p.m. Yeah. That is a programming alert for you next week. Yeah. Um, yeah. But hey, that'll give us more time in the morning to uh, to get those returns done first. <laughs> and I'm not like a, a big return guy. Uh, if if I like it, you know, obviously. But she, you know, TLD, she's always like, "Here's the receipt." Mm-hmm. She just expects you to return it because that's mm-hmm. what she does. Yeah, I've done no shopping. You've done none. None. Yeah. Okay. I, I went have this done this morning bit. and got a little more done. Really? I'm, I, yeah. You know, I plan on doing it. Listen, all my kids are grown. They're going to get a gift card from daddy. Right. All right. And that's it. A lot of thought. Which yeah, is a lot. Well, there'll hey, be a little dough in that gift card, won't there? Yeah, I'll put some money on it. Will you yeah. get a card? Will you write At a card? At least 25. I'll write a card. <laughs> okay, so there'll <laughs> yeah. be a card. Yeah, I'll send them 100 bucks. If it makes you feel 200. better, Leon, the, the pilgrimage I made this morning was for a gift card for my mom, mm-hmm. who I pray isn't listening right yeah. now. But it's yeah. a fancy gift card. Through one of our clients here at 1010XL, one of our good partners, I think you can kind of put two and two together because if you listen to our advertisements, um, you may have heard me talking about this gift certificate you can get from a certain spa um, mm-hmm. out at the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, to your so point. So, she'll use it when she comes in is what yep. you're saying. Yeah, that's I thought you were going to say duck, duck. No, I'm, that would be great, too. But it was funny. They did ask. Uncle like, Fred caused a problem. Right. Yeah. Oh, no, it's Uncle Earl. It's Cousin Uncle, Fred. Sorry. Um, but no, so to your point, you know, I got her the gift card, but they like, you know, they did it up all fancy. They put it in a fancy little yeah. gift bag. So I feel like, well, you know, it's it, it's, well, I mean, it's something you can present. So as long as you put it in the card or you dress it up. You're so what, nervous about your mom. It's not even. It is. I can tell so you. so nervous. Absolutely. <laughs> But see, I know the personalities of my kids. I, if I put some effort into it, right. my oldest daughter, Malika, she likes books. She's mm-hmm. a writer. I can send her a nice book. Mm-hmm. My my middle child, Kenya, she's a bit of a Now, diva. would you send her your own book? Well, she's already read it. <laughs> trust me. Trust me that, that was the most nervous part about me writing my book is my kids reading my book and right. hearing some of the stories. Right. And Malika, my oldest, calls me and she says, Daddy, really? <laughs> and you get Daddy really, though. You That's feel it. so bad. You feel so bad. But you, So you're telling us you could... <laughs> I could, yeah, yeah. But I, my my Kenya's a diva, so I'll probably give, send her some jewelry. And then my son, my son has it all. He makes more money than I do, so he's a, he's a stunner. So I don't know what to get him. You know, I don't know what to get him. Well, it is funny because you do reach a certain point where you look at you know, and I always talk about DLD and and like, there's nothing I can give you that you don't already have or need, mm-hmm. and there's nothing she can get me. You know. That I don't already have. We're lucky. We're yeah, lucky that way. True, and true, so we can definitely true. take care of the others. That's for sure. Giving is a good thing. That's for sure when you think about it uh, during the holiday season. All right. Well, I'll ask you guys this. One mm-hmm. more on the, on the gift front. So I am going to be making the pilgrimage back up to the Northeast this mm-hmm. weekend. And so last year my cousins started this new gift game. So mm-hmm. you have to get three gifts. So the same thing 
mm-hmm. under ten dollars each, and then it's like a gift swap. We like sit in a circle and like we spin, like we roll the dice or something, and then you get to pick someone else, or you spin the bottle, and then you have to take something from their pile, and then they take something from someone else's pile. So I need three things that are under ten dollars. Last year we had things like. Um, Vicks uh, vape rub. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out to my sister for that one. We mm-hmm. had Who can't uh, use that. No, we had notebooks. Mm-hmm. We had a phone chargers. Mm-hmm. So listen, I'm curious. Pack, listen, of, pack of cigarettes. Listen, you go to the dollar Smoke. store. You a can ten dollars. You get, get about ten things. You go to the dollar store. And get, ten, so you say go to dollar go store. Go to dollar store. Yeah, there you go. Bo Valentine way, is thinking nah. either scratch off tickets or Dunkin' gift cards. Mm-hmm. But in this inflation world that we're in, there's nothing left on the dollar menu. Dude, the dollar okay? store is now a dollar twenty-five. Exactly. I said y'all need to change to the dollar twenty-five store. The they ain't a dollar anymore. No, it's not. Sure. You know, not. we were talking about uh, we have a surprise uh, for tomorrow, talking about signing day, and a certain host, I don't want to give it away, on this show has signing day experience mm-hmm. from 1987. Mm-hmm. Um, and we looked up the gas price. Yeah. Dude. Oh. Average across the nation, February 1987, signing day, 90 cents. That's crazy. 90 that cents? 90 cents. Think about that. And, and honestly, My signing day, 36 years ago, gas was 90 cents. And you know what? We were probably complaining about 90 cents. Oh, yeah. It was sky high <laughs> at that point. 90 cents? Are you yeah. serious? Yeah. It was wow. sky high. All right. So, yeah, you start looking at some of those prices, it, it, it might make you throw up. But we'll do that. We'll have some fun because signing day is tomorrow. So we're going to get into that a little bit today because there's uh, – uh, you know, we used to always look forward to the reversal or the commitment reversal uh, where they would decommit. Uh, but now it's all portal all the time. Uh, flipping, it's, Joe. It's called yeah, flipping. Yeah, flipping, decommitments, mm. all of There's that a stuff. a big one out there, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we we'll talk about that. We might still have the hat game. I love the hat game. Taylor Dahl and I were preparing all of our graphics and videos for tomorrow. And mm-hmm. she's like, all right, so like, are these guys firm commitments? And I was like, well, the beautiful thing in this DocuSign world, most of the guys who are firm commitments will wake up tomorrow and they'll sign it automatically. And so the school will pump out the graphic before 9 a.m. Yeah, it's some of these they, other cats that, you know, maybe get swayed. Like the fact, some of them. Also, by the way, if something happens, which could happen, I'm not sure Frangie, Caroline, Hicken, and Hacker are going to be able to They're not going to be able to come in the next day. I, I think they might just be done. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. Might, uh-huh. might, that is, might tip the scales is, towards. So it's, you're it's saying it went from a, a top three to a top 30 well, class? Already, is that what you're they're saying? already number 10 right now. Yeah. And if they lose the guy who has moved all the way up to number four overall in the rankings, the quarterback, mm-hmm. DJ Lagway. Yeah who apparently is being pursued heavily by Texas A&M right now, in the bag. Well, Imagine what happens then if that happens. A&M, I guess they they have the blueprint when it comes to paying players, but they also see them show up and then they see them leave shortly after that. So I I don't know whether – I don't know where the best place would be. Uh, You are correct, though. Billy Napier right now is leaking oil. Uh, That's for sure. He is leaking oil. All right, so let, let's go back to last night first, all right? Uh, I, I want to set this up, and we'll make it our X poll today. But you came out of last night with Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles, a Super Bowl-appearing football team a season ago that at one point had a 10-1 record. They are now 10-4. and four. They are on a three-game slide. And a lot of it was because of Jalen Hurts being sick and all the stuff that went into this game. But there's no question, they ain't the same. Take a look at offensively what they're producing points-wise. And so I thought we'd get into how bad is it up there versus how bad is it here. Because in Duval, we do think the sky's falling just a little bit. You don't know about the health of your quarterback going into Tampa. Uh, that's a big, big, big concern. And Jalen Hurts, after that big contract, 
is not playing as well as you would like mm-hmm. if, well, you're, if you're the Philadelphia Eagles. What perfect timing, Joe. Um, I know there were plenty of Jags fans panicking yesterday that we got Trevor Lawrence tweeting out Bible verses. Yeah. Well, up in Philly, they have A.J. Brown going after fans and journalists on X. They're the same, um, right? Fans he, and journalists. He just quote tweeted um, somebody who had posted a play that obviously didn't pan out for the Eagles. I believe it's the interception. And A.J. Brown says, y'all fans swear y'all know everything. It's a shot play to me. I'm the first read. He just missed the throw. Of course, we could have threw it six because it didn't work. But when the ish works, everyone is happy. Quit all that buddy ball ish. I am decoys on many plays. And all that he forcing me the ball to, I'm in his head. When I make plays, everyone's happy. But when it's incomplete, it's I'm making him throw me the ball. I get blamed for more crap than anything. Tired of y'all playing with my character. Hmm? AJ in a pout. He's emotional, isn't he? Yeah. It's yeah. a game to make you very emotional. Yeah. Listen, the Philadelphia Eagle team is is, a, is quite different than this year than they were last year. Last year, they were the boogeyman. Mm-hmm. They were the team that no one wanted to play. They were they were clicking on all cylinders, oh, run man. game. Um, Jalen Hurts was, was more efficient, pass, deep ball, defense was solid, right – they were the boogeyman. They're sleepwalking right now. Mm-hmm. They are sleepwalking these last three games. They've been exposed a little bit. Now, the difference between them and us is that, I mean, not they're, they're turning the ball over. Mm-hmm. We're turning the ball over. But they can run. They can run the ball. They're more consistent with the run game. But the turnovers was the key to last night, in my opinion. And by the way, uh, A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, along mm-hmm. with Dallas Goddard, dangerous, okay? Oh, that yeah. is a good receiving core. Lane Johnson gets hurt last night, mm-hmm. so their offensive line is definitely a little more suspect than it has been in years past. And obviously the defense defense had 70 sacks last year. Mm-hmm. Okay, There were four guys, I think four, that had double-digit sacks. Anyway, they're nowhere near that now. Well, so here's some stats from the Eagles camp. They're dead last in sacks on third down. You saw mm-hmm. that pop up on the broadcast mm-hmm. last mm-hmm. night. They also are dead last in third down defense. Mm-hmm. Those are two areas – that were the reason they were the boogeyman last year. Absolutely. Those are two areas that this franchise has struggled in, and that's why it's been so up and down over the last two years of the Doug Peterson era. For them, that's why it feels like the sky is falling, because they went from first oh, to yeah. worst in less than a season. And so that's where a lot of the blame is now falling onto the coordinators. There's plenty of, from what I saw with Philly Sports Radio's various media and personalities this morning on X, but also on the air, because I was listening, there's plenty of folks that, similar to here, believe the buck stops with the head coach. Mm-hmm. And so Nick Sirianni should be to blame. Sure. Should Doug Peterson be more criticized here? Um, but what's fascinating for me, Leon, and it's it's ironic given Doug's history with Philly, the decision to announce, if only through Ian Rappaport, a mouthpiece, before week one, that Press Taylor would be the offensive coordinator and be the primary play caller this year. This week in Philly, you had the leaked announcement that Sean Desai, the defense coordinator, mm-hmm. was getting bumped up to the booth, and Matt Patricia would be calling the plays as an assistant last night. Mm. And Nick Sirianni was asked about it last night, and he felt that that transparency was important. Mm. Okay, well, that's interesting. That's absolutely interesting. I mean, uh, the whole thing, well, listen, uh, Press Taylor, that's been the issue here. Some of the play calling in Jacksonville, which amounts to our lack of success in some occasions, especially it's going to be amplified when you're on the three-game loser streak. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, but Doug, last year, I mean, last year during this time, 
Doug was making all the calls, wasn't he? He was the play caller. The, the, all, so the second yeah, half, second half, second half, yeah, yeah, he would call the stuff. plays, but Doug would have to, you know, yeah. sign off on them. And Doug was the primary developing the offensive game. And if plan. you watch him on the sidelines, it still looks like he is heavily involved. Oh yeah. But let's go back to moments right before the half. You had a chance to win a football game. You had a chance to go into <clears> the <throat> locker room with momentum on your side, and they totally blew it. And you could put QB, OC. And HC, all of them on that watch, okay? They were all responsible for what went down after a big yeah. play to Zay inside the five-yard But see, here, here's the thing, though. I blame Trevor. I'm telling you the reason why I play Trevor, because he knows better. Yeah, I, 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 mean, I, I can't mean, argue that's like you. That's like calling an audible. When you call a play and then you call an audible on the line of scrimmage because you see something different. Yeah. Trevor has been doing this since high school, college, professionally. He should have known. I mean, I don't care what was what was buzzing in his ear. Right. You you know the time is leaking down. You know that if you spike the ball, we got 13 seconds left or 12 seconds left in the game. You talking and, about being aggressive? That's being aggressive because now you got two shots. Yeah. at the end zone. And he looked just a little lost after you know when there was after the throw to Parker Washington and they did not get out of bounds. He really froze at that moment. Now obviously you could have had two plays if you had spiked the ball. They got in the shotgun. Mm-hmm. They got the shotgun as soon as they ran down there. Yeah. Okay, that was nuts as well. Mm-hmm. Here's some other quotes from Jalen Hurts after last night's last second loss to the Seattle Seahawks on Monday Night Football. I've been talking about execution all year, being on the same page, everyone being on the same page. We didn't execute. I don't think we all were committed enough. We have to turn it around. It's a challenge. We have to embrace and continue to see it through. He was then asked about what he means by being committed enough, and he goes, commitment. I don't know how else to say that. Okay, so Leon, how about back being to- committed because you're sick as a dog going out there playing? That's yeah. what he means. If yeah. I'm if I'm committing, if I'm invested, right. I'm sick as a dog for the last four days. I've lost eight pounds. Yeah, I flew I'm out weak. separately I to make sure. Right, yeah. I'm here playing. Yeah, how badly do you so, guys so- want it? It sounds like. Another team I'm thinking of, mm-hmm. and you start talking about how badly do you want it. Right. So he's calling his teammates out. Yeah, he's looking He's looking at his supporting cast like, listen, if I could come and play sick as a dog on, on a Monday night when I'm not feeling well, I expect more from you. you got to help me out somehow. How right, is, that, you- is that not similar to Trevor Lawrence rehabbing 16 hours, 18 hours a day to get ready yeah. on the ankle sprain last yeah. week? It's- okay, yeah. now let's remember this now. And we have to keep reminding ourselves of our timeline. Mm-hmm. Trevor – said after the loss up in Cleveland, it's December. We have been doing this for a while. And so he did call some of his guys out. Well, lo and behold, Trevor is, if you're putting a, a, a top three list of who to blame for this last loss, he's probably in everyone's top three. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And so, and so here he is a week after blowing it up in Cleveland. And nothing really changed. This is still – a. We saw some energy and intensity from the run game and the game plan early in the game, but mm-hmm. then it just waned and went away. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I wonder, like, do teammates, whenever they hear that, some obviously can say, is he talking about me? What the H, bro? You know, I can see that. But do most of them basically take what the quarterback says and, hey, we need to man up? Well, yeah, I mean, because he's a centerpiece. He's a centerpiece of the team, the offense, all that. Kind. So if the, if, the, if the quarterback who's been playing with a bum ankle for the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. you still can't make an excuse for more because if you step out on that field, we expect we expect perfection. Right. You know, so injury, barring the injury, whatever. But if he's calling guys out, yeah, absolutely. You don't want to be called out by your quarterback, especially if you know that he's playing, he's toughening it out. If he can go out there. And don't get me wrong, everybody this late in the season is dealing with some kind of ailment, sure. injury, yeah. or whatever. 
So everybody's toughing it out. But, you know, if your quarterback who's the centerpiece, if he say, hey, man, listen, you know, I'm dealing with something real right now, and you can't, I need I need your support to help me. You know what can help him? Um, a run game. That that can help him. Absolutely can help him. And that's, and that's an indictment on the offensive line because yeah. you know you got a bum quarterback, and if he's having to drop back all those times, 47, 50 times a game, yeah. what are you doing? But <clears throat> it's, the, it's the run game and your commitment to the run game. You, you come out, the Ravens game, First four plays, bang, 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 bang. Then all of a sudden you get cute. Yeah. Start throwing passes, start doing this, and then all of a sudden you forget about it. Now you got all the stress and pressure on your quarterback to make plays when he shouldn't have to. Yeah, and I do wonder play calling from that part of it. Is <clears throat> it play, is, are the play calls directed to the passing game because they know they can't run or are they just stubborn trying to make up for it with big pass plays? All right, Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota, they bring you today's show. Would love for you to drop on by. They are there to wow you, and that's from the sale all the way to the service agreement, all the way to your next purchase. So make sure you check them out. BeaverChevrolet.com, always involved in the community. You'll find them right there on Phillips Highway and Beaver Toyota St. Augustine on US1 in the AUG. Now let's set up our, our X poll. Uh, which fan base feels worse or? Yeah, I have it out. Okay. After three straight losses, who is in a worse place? Yeah. Jags or the Eagles? Question of the day brought to you, as always, by Beaver Toyota of St. Augustine. Jags leading big time right now. Obviously, we have a lot more Jags fans yeah. and Eagles around here. 86% say the Jags are in a worse off place than the Philadelphia Okay, Eagles. so throw a reply on there if you guys are voting, just so we can get an idea of what you're thinking. Uh, you can hit the text line and give us that as well. You can go to YouTube, find us uh, on the stream at 1010XL, and you can offer up a comment there. Easy to do. This is the Yahoo pop-off chat line. Yahoo! So let's take the question real quick, okay? And and you phrased it again, which is – give it to me again, Who's JJ. worse off? Yeah, worse off. So uh, who's in a worse place? Like, in other words, can this team come out of this uh, – come out of the ashes and win the division and get get right, or can that team? What, what do you think? Well, I, I think we're in a worse position, to be quite honest with you. I mean, the Eagles can still run the ball, yeah. and their, their receiving core is still intact. Yeah. You know, they had a sick Jalen Hurts, and, you know, he was – you know, he was inefficient. He had mm-hmm. turnovers in the game. So, I think we're worse off. Right now, we got issues with the offensive line running the ball, the commitment to running the ball. Uh, we got we got Christian Kirk out. We got Zay Zay, yeah. Zay Jones out with a hamstring. I mean, we, and those injuries are those real. Those are real. I mean, so, I, in my opinion, I think we're worse off. Worse off, Matt? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. also the Eagles, oh, by the way, have a pretty good defense. Yeah. They can get to the quarterback. No, no, look at what they're dealing with defensively. They've given up a ton. I I get that. They're really bad. Yeah, Mia just gave the stat. I get that. But at the end of the day, when when a game when a game they have to win. Now that that game, do you think that's a game they have to win? Clearly they do. Okay, but take a look at the points. But my point is, you start talking about playoff games. That defense will play different in the playoffs. They also have. Three get-right games leading up to the playoffs. Giants, Cardinals, Giants. Well, yeah. frankly, so are the Jags. Yeah. If you're really, really going to look at it First of all, this Tampa, week Tennessee. is going to be really tough. Yeah. Like, Tampa's playing for a playoff spot. Tougher than I thought. Yeah. Carolina has nothing to – they're Please. not tanking. You know, mm-hmm. they don't have their pick. I'm not saying they, they'll win. I'm just saying they're not going to be, you know, losing out. on purpose. Well, the, the fact and then the if, Titans are the Titans. If this team doesn't end up with 10 wins, it's a massive – Oh, I agree. Massive. With that. The yeah. reason that the Jags are in a worse position is that the Eagles have already qualified for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Therein lies the mm-hmm. bottom line. As, as bad as they, as bad as they're quote unquote playing, and I'm scrolling through some of these tweets right now from our friends at 94 WIP. Like, yeah. I, I mean, 
Yes, like they're eerily similar tweets to what I saw on the timeline yesterday yeah. here in Duval. And, and, but the reality is, is they already are in the dance. The Jags still have to clinch their opportunity to go back to the playoffs and go back to back for the first time since the 90s. Yeah, and, and, misery, and there's a lot of green left in that yeah. putt, by the way. Oh, yeah, you better putt. believe it. And and there's a misery loves company uh, label going on right, right here because Philly, even though they are on a three-game losing streak and they're questioning everything, they just watch Dallas get their butts kicked by the Bills. And so, yeah. at the very least, they're like, okay, all right, we're dealing with it, but that team just got walloped as well. And so, they can keep themselves in that conversation. Now, they're both playing for the NFC East because mm-hmm. now there's there's yeah, there's yeah a tie at the top because they split those two games. And so, they're fighting for it, but it's uh-huh. true. They've got the, the, the clinched playoff spot next to their name. Well, they, well, listen, they got more mulligans than we have. They have three mulligans yeah. next yeah. week. We've got maybe one. It, 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 look, the way this team handled Tennessee, mm-hmm. it seems like eons ago. It wasn't that long ago. They handled him in November and and really made Levis look lost. But he certainly had a hell of a game against Miami a couple of Sundays ago. Did not have a particularly great game this past week. They struggled to score points. They finished with, what, 16? Mm-hmm. And, and so it can happen, obviously. But there's that classic rivalry. There's nothing like knocking your rival out of the postseason if you can, and we'll see where it goes. All right, so you guys let us know, 641-1010. Jump in on that subject. We got uh, so many other things that we'll look at as far as what is the biggest problem with this football team and where is the easiest fix. You start looking at yards per play. You start looking at third down. You start looking at what they haven't done defensively. They're in a bad spot right now in terms of getting other teams off the field. So let's get into all that as we go along today. It's XL Primetime on a beautiful Tuesday. Cooler weather today. Kind of gets you in the mood for Christmas. Grilling up lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. Right on the heels of JJ posting our X poll for today, I see this tweet from NBC Sports Philly. Here's your headline. If you can't stop a backup quarterback from leading a 92-yard game-winning touchdown drive with under two minutes left, who exactly can you stop? The answer for the Eagles lately is nobody. Uh, Many could argue that the same exact scenario has applied to Jacksonville over the last three weeks, or at least two of the last three weeks. And thus, our ex-poll, after three straight losses, who is in a worse place? With that question of the day, of course, brought to you by Beaver Toyota. Jags or the Eagles? The Jags leading. And, of course, we are in Duval County. We're not in Philadelphia. I'm sure they would have a different sentiment. With 118 votes already cast, 87% to 12. Matt, as the Big J journalist here, is that worded correctly? Yeah. After three straight losses, who is in a worse place? Well, I like or straight. Or is it worse? Straight isn't really the word either. It's consecutive. So it's. Oh, my oh, you God. Face, oh, you, and you, and you could say. So you can't even get to the say, second part of the You could sentence. just say who's worse off. Mm. But it, is this still <clears throat> grammatically correct? Worst or worse? Worse. Okay, good. Nice. All right, UNF. Yes. And you could you could interpret it any way you want. Like which fan base feels worse? Because like we laid it out, Jacksonville did make it to the postseason, won a playoff game last year, but Philly went to the Super Bowl. Okay, went to the Super Bowl and and was ready to close out Dallas and the rest of the NFC, Uh, and really with a chance. Remember, San Francisco had a three game losing streak. Had a chance to grab that number one seed True. again. Yeah. So here's, you could argue that that fan base feels worse. Here's a line of JJ. Who sucks more? How about that? <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to be crass. That's a good one. That would be a better poll. 
I that's like grammatic. that. <laughs> that's <laughs> dramatic and grammatic. I like that a lot. Well, uh, hey, uh, we will keep you posted uh, when it comes to that X poll and who's leading, although I think we kind of have an idea what you Nooners are thinking. Yeah. You also can get in on, get in on the conversation at 641-1010. That is the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. But let's flip it over to the college ranks. I obviously want to get to the news of yesterday. Our, our good friend Carson Beck, the Mandarin grad, announces he heads back to Georgia. Um, and obviously <clears throat> we know Georgia will be very active in the transfer portal. But we need to get to some of the cryptic messages that I am seeing on social media from the DJ Lagway camp, as well as, and Matt, maybe you can clarify this one for me, Mike Elko, now the head coach of Texas A&M, just tweeted out a gif of Johnny Manziel with the gigum thumbs up and a lock. Is there another commit that is not the quarterback that he just flipped or just got a commit? I mean, there, I mean, there, there could be. There could be, but um, clearly what's going on right now is Texas A&M's coming hard up DJ Lagway. Um, which would be a just monumental punch to the gut. Are, the are they using Johnny Football to help recruit him? Uh, I, I don't know. I I, I, just, I did it. I, I just, got it illegally, and uh, you can get it legally. I just know this. There's a lot of negativity going on as far as negatively recruiting against Florida for all these schools because they're all saying he's going to be fired in a year. Mm-hmm. Where are you going to go there? Right. And part of that, honestly, is his own fault because. They've been so bad. Right. 11 and 14 overall, 7 and 14 against Power 5. But also, where has Scott Strickland been in all this? Mm -hmm. Why has Scott Strickland said, This is my coach? This is my coach, period. End of discussion. Then Then you at least. Have a little security of okay, this is the guy. Okay, maybe, maybe uh, if I and I'm looking at Leon, he's as we said earlier. Look, because at the end of the day, if he if he fails again, yeah. Strickland's going too. So it doesn't I, matter. I totally, I totally get it. But just I'm looking at Leon and simply saying, uh, uh, 17, 18, 19 year old recruit could give a rat what the AD's saying. Their only litmus test, at least as far as I'm concerned. Is how much am I getting, and do I have faith in that coach uh, to help me win? Nah, because they're all getting the same amount. No, no, uh, no, that's why I said it's the combination. I'm just simply saying a recruit could care less what an AD has to say. That's just me. Okay, that's my opinion because they're looking at do I think I can win with that coach? Yeah, listen, I didn't know who Sam Jankovic was until my – Sophomore year, I had no idea <laughs> he, he was the AD. AD. I yeah. had no idea who he was. Jimmy, Jimmy was the selling point. No, no, I yeah. get that, but yeah. but if he comes out there and says publicly, again, we are in a social media age now. Yeah. Mm. So, so you, say, if you come, he comes out there and publicly says that. So any coach you saying, look, you don't know how long that guy's going to be there. Right. And Billy Napier's response could be, look what my AD just said. Right. But I guess what what at least what I think a recruit is thinking right now, and let's use you know, it, let's just use DJ Lagway. I don't think he cares what Strickland says. He has to believe in Billy. Now, he may not believe in Billy anymore because of the exodus of the other recruits. That I totally get because he is pinning his hopes right now. His success collegiately is pinned on Billy Napier as the head coach. He could care less what voter well, confidence his, well, his, is given to him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, true, yeah. true. But also, at the end of the day, I, I see this more as a Napier thing because – Napier has no response right now. Yeah, true. When, okay. When, when other coaches that. negatively recruiting against him and say he's out after next year, right? He has no response to it. He can just say, you know, we're building, we're going to get this thing turned around. If he's got a public declaration from his AD or from the president stating yeah. he's good here, we are riding with this guy. He's our ride or die. Yeah. Right? That's different. Then Billy can say, look, I mean, I don't know what these guys are telling you, but they're not. It's not right. Here's where we are. 
I think he could get that from the AD because, like you said, if one goes, they both go. I'm not so sure he could get that from that president right now. And I think that's where, you know, it'll right, be Right, because the president was not there right. when all this it's was. It's not his guy. He yeah. didn't hire either of them. Right. Um, but on the Lagway part of this, I, I sent it to you guys pre-show. I saw DJ Lagway's dad. Um, obviously a man of faith, so we're not judging people who are men of faith, but he tweeted out, pray on it, pray over it, pray through it. And plenty of Gator fans responding with like, you're raising a fine young man. We can't wait for him to swamp. And then of course there's a couple that said, God said Aggie. Well, I mean, this is uh, anti-Billy, you know, regiment because of the poor play over the last two years. Mm -hmm. But what could Billy be saying on the recruiting trail to kind of, because, listen, I, 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 when I coached the FIU, we, we were terrible. We were absolutely terrible, all right? <laughs> so I had to go sell. I had to go sell. What I was selling was, you know, the same thing probably Billy is trying, trying to do. Hey, we're getting better. Right. You know, we need you. Or he could be to, like, you can see how terrible that is. We need you here. That part, like, too. you got to be able that, to help. And I use that sentiment as well. I mean, because all, the, the, answer, all the four seasons yeah. I was at FIU, I mean, the most games we won was five games. The best yeah. season was five and seven. So I'm looking at Billy. He just finished five and seven. I mean, on wow. that, he's still going to be on that recruiting that trail. That does paint a picture of how good Billy that was. That FIU team could have <laughs> smashed. Well, we would have smashed team. Georgia, exactly. <laughs> and listen, we and listen, hey, listen, we went at halftime against Alabama when we were down by seven. Okay? All right, that was our greatest amount. That's a win. That's a win. <laughs> I was in there. I, I, my halftime speech was monumental. Now they beat us. They put thirty more points on us afterwards, <laughs> but hey, for that half, boy, we were in it. But I, I, I totally get it. Right, right now, Gator fan is is reeling because they thought they were. This is what happens now during the off season. Mm-hmm. You can go out, you can use that nil money, you can use your sales pitch, and basically look at the DJ Lagways of the world and say, "You are the solution to our problem. You are the answer. You come to Gainesville, you're going to be a star, and mm-hmm. you're going to get us back on the football map." I totally get all that. But then the the actual season takes place, and that's what I've told you guys all along. The product is the product. And mm-hmm. if you don't like what you see, you're going to start to think you don't want to be a part of it. And that's that 12-game product is not good enough to excite players to want to come play. Well, here's, it's not right now. Here's an interesting thing that uh, I, I remember. I was in the league when Butch Davis took over at Miami. And Miami was going through a probational time. Yeah, Miami had slipped, slipped off the map. And I remember what Butch did as far as recruiting. Greg, he, he had to go – Find guys who wanted to be Hurricanes. Right. Yeah. He had to. They had to be committed to being Hurricanes. And that's how he built the product back up. Listen, that 2001 team, that 2002 team, that's Butch. Okay. I know Larry Coker got all. That's all Butch. But that's Butch. But I mean, I mean, Florida's not in that same sentiment, but you got to find Gators. Mm -hmm. That's true. Not not five star, four star guy. They're good, absolutely. They're good, but you gotta find Gators. Here's the problem: the that want to be Gators. Yeah, the one thing because I, I I agree 100 percent because he he did the classic. We're going to South Florida. Do you want to be a cane? He was genius when they had the track scholarships that they could give. Exactly. Now you can't do all that mm-hmm. stuff anymore. But anyway, uh, there was a. This is a quarter century, basically. Okay, mm-hmm. Re- recruiting classes about a quarter century yeah. apart. Yeah, a quarter century ago, you did recruit in your state. You had pride as a high schooler, to play in your state. Mm-hmm. That, unfortunately, has kind of drifted away. Well, a lot of the kids that Butch got were, were South Florida guys yeah. who grew up watching us play. Yeah, exactly. And their parents instilled, hey, aunties, uncles, hey, we, we canes. You, if you're right. going anywhere, you're going there. 
Yeah. So, I mean, so, it's got to be some kind of sentiment for the Florida Gators where you, kids that want to be Gators. And the I other mean, thing. I'm, it's it was, a different era. I, I mean, it, it's you gotta, true. It's, it's a no, different No, I era. understand what you like. Yeah. Spurrier used to say, I'd much rather have a guy who is desperate to be a Gator yeah. than to beg some guy to come play. Exactly. Right. right. And exactly. I, I totally get it. But it's so much has changed since then. Now the social media world dictates, you know, a lot of True. what these guys' feelings. The other part of it is, is that Butch had been there. Mm-hmm. Okay. True. True. Right. Yep. So Butch could tell that story. Mm-hmm. He had been with Jimmy Johnson when you guys were winning national championships, and he's, yeah, he left. He left with with the but, crew to Dallas. Jimmy but anyway, Dallas, yeah. he had been there and had been had experienced the success. He could tell that story. Mm-hmm. What story is Billy Napier telling these guys, honestly? True. And that's the part that's the There's hardest part of all. Murder yeah, and, and, and he's telling it really slow, too. Talk with molasses yeah. in your mouth. Hopefully someone got that office reference. Yeah, mm-hmm. And so th- that is, that's mm-hmm. what he's dealing with. He's trying to convince somebody mm-hmm. that he has the answer. And he, right now, does not appear that he does. And so if this is like a flower dying. Petals are falling off the, off, off the flower. And so little by little, these recruits are – are dropping off, and I, I don't know whether I don't know the end result. We'll get a little bit of an idea tomorrow when they come through with these recruiting rankings. But he still has a chance to salvage stuff in February. All too. I know is is that DJ Lagway's signing is scheduled for three thirty p.m. tomorrow. And honestly, I don't know whether to be happy or sad that it's not during our program and yeah. it's instead during the one that follows us. Um, because I think it will be must-listen radio either way mm-hmm. um, if he does, in fact, sign with Florida or if, you know, Mike Elko's able to reel in the big one, which it should be noted, too, that one of DJ Lagway's best friends um, from his high school is scheduled to also potentially be headed to the Gators and wide receiver DeBron Hampton. We know that Billy Napier has built this strong relationship with Lagway. Mm-hmm. We know Graham Mertz is coming back, but we also know that after that, the cupboard's kind of bare. And so it's it will be fascinating. Either way, and I don't want to compare it to the Rashada saga last year because that obviously was a completely different ball game. Mm-hmm. He may be transferring again. Is he in the portal, Matt? Is he not in the portal? Um, so, but it, it's it, either way, whether DJ Lagway signs with Florida or does not, it will be a referendum, either good or bad, on Billy Napier. And the other part of this is two in-state schools. We talk about trying to keep people here. Top 10 recruiting classes right now. For Mike Norvell and for Mario Cristobal in the top composite. three for Mike Norvell. Yeah, I think they're yeah. gonna finish. Yeah, three. so yeah, I just I I didn't want to say that, but yeah, that's fine. <laughs> top three uh, for 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 the Knowles and look, FSU fans are loving this right now because Norvell has. If you want to talk about a combo prize, it's the portal plus uh, high school recruits, and he's killing it right now. Bro, they won nineteen straight. Yeah, Florida State he can recruit that's, off of that's, that. That's nineties football, Florida State, right yeah. there. And you know what that also is, Leon? It's the product. Yeah. It's and true. you can recruit off of the product. Absolutely. Absolutely. We also celebrated the two-year anniversary of Fire Mike Norvell Twitter Spaces two days, three days mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. And here we are, two years later. So it can be done. We're not going to just completely bash Florida and Billy Napier and say it can't be done. It just may be more of an uphill climb, and you may need to get innovative like Mike Norvell did the way he attacked the transfer portal. The transfer portal was still kind of a new phenomenon. When he got to Gainesville, to, got to Gainesville, well, got to Tallahassee in 2020. Yeah, 
And I think the thing that uh, – let's make this a 10-10 take, and then you guys jump in on this because uh, – and I'm going to keep harping on the same thing because it's driving me crazy. Now, Joe C's 10-10 take. Slow smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue, local pit masters since 68. Sonny's Real Pit Barbecue, smoking it slow, serving it fast. That is the name of the game. Hey, what's your recipe for winning? Yeah, that's it right there. And all those delicious sides. And you can go garlic toast or cornbread along with all those other ones. You can get it right there at any one of your areas. Area Sunnies. I knew a guy that was working on what was called the project. Okay. And once he got rolling in the project, people would say, What's the project all about? He could not tell you what the project was about because he didn't know what the project was about. You get what I'm saying? Okay. He just did not know. Well, I feel like that's what's going on in Gainesville. And I always talk about the product. And I don't think you can tell a recruit what the product is. Now, compare that to Mike Norvell. Mike Norvell came in with an offense that was successful at Memphis. They scored, they scored, they scored. Once he got his quarterback in place, he started doing the same thing in Tallahassee. And he, he looks like boundless enthusiasm, relentless when it comes to try and pull everything together and, and, and put together a, a championship-winning football team. He's got the product. He's proven that he can do this. Whereas you look to Gainesville and they still don't know what the product is. That's the 10 10 take. I think that's what Mike Norvell has been successful with, Matt. He's been able to show you hey, here's what Jordan Travis does in our offense. This is how he thrives. This is what these other guys are doing when they come here and they put on the uniform. I mean, I, I think it's as much as anything, he's, he's, he used the portal to supplement where he has holes. And the big, pro, the big thing was he hit on him. Mm-hmm. He hit on every one of them. Beginning with Jermaine Johnson. So, so you can, yeah, you go right down the line. Yeah. That's how they got to 10 wins last year. And then, boom, this season happens. So I, I, you look at that, and you look at what Billy Napier has done in the portal. First off, when Billy Napier got there, he did not embrace the portal. That's number one, okay? Mm-hmm. Number two, then when he, then when he gets, to, gets in the portal, okay, the, the guys that have the most success for him, the guys that were coming anyway, Torrance, and now, Johnson. Hey, and now okay? the portal's not embracing him. So if you so if you look at the the other two guys that really have done something for them are Mertz and Pearsall. Yeah. Two decent players. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, your huge gaping hole is on defense, which has been that way since 2020. Right. So nothing was upgraded defensively. Mm-hmm. You you're still giving up historically bad numbers on defense. So no matter what you do offensively, no matter what system you run offensively, you still can't stop the other guy, which makes your offense look even worse. Mm-hmm. And that's the situation they were in this year through the Georgia game until the South Carolina game where they figured out, you know, what, we're going to have to start throwing the ball downfield now because there's nothing else we can do. We're going to have to outscore people. And then once that started to happen, they started to throw the ball downfield a little more. It looked a little better offensively, yet right. the defense was still terrible. So my long story short, you've got to get guys from the portal that can, that can impact your team right away especially if you're a new coach at a new program and he hasn't done that he didn't embrace the portal initially now he's slow on it now you, you look at them now what do they have three commitments from the portal mm-hmm. none of these guys are big name guys none right. of them right they, they're them. not headline they're not headliners. no they're not guys these are guys that fit into his quote-unquote culture you can have that culture all you want you're going to be dead with that culture on the vine in about you know nine ten months mm-hmm. oh by the way mike norvell's got another coming from from athens Marvin Jones, Marvin Jones yeah, Jr. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you need dudes like mm-hmm. Marvin Jones Jr. Yeah. You don't need some kid from Penn who was a star in the FCS level. Wait a minute. If you add Penn and Harvard together because they're getting a couple of them, now you're talking about an now you got a financial recruiting firm. class. Paid in Harvard. 
I mean, look. Most of us look to the Northeast and they, you know, they head up to, I don't know, Western PA. Look, I think we all liked a guy because he seems like a good dude. Y'all want to be successful, but he, he's not well, lasting after this year, man. That's, that's just well, no way. Uh, here, uh, here's what's ringing in my ears. When, we've, when he was first hired, Hack, we were, Hack, Matt, and I, I don't, I don't know if Leon was part of this conversation. Anyway, we had a guy on that covered him in Louisiana, and he said, You guys need to brace yourself. He's not going to go recruit a bunch of four or five stars. He's going to get a bunch of two stars and make them better. And it's just still ringing in my ears because he that was had, when it's a better hire than Brian Kelly. Yeah, and, and, it and, works and, at Iowa. It works, and it works at Kentucky. It yeah. doesn't work in the SEC at Florida. It's just like I know Kentucky plays in the SEC, but it's a very different situation. Well, yeah, because you don't you don't get to reach as high for the top recruits. Florida can reach that high and get the top recruits, but it still comes down to. The Jimmy's Anjos and developing them, co- yes. coaching them. Well, it's also like he's also lowered the bar now for Gator <clears> fans <throat> because now they lost the five-star safety to Texas. Xavier Philsame, I think is his yep, name. Philsame, yep. Mm-hmm. And Hack responds to me yesterday and says, well, they knew he was going to flip anyway. I have like, heard you got to be kidding before. me. Are they, so, are so they now, so now for LJ McCray, so, right? The kid out of Daytona mainland. So now we're at the point now with Gator fans where they're okay with seven or eight wins. I just want seven or eight wins. I think I heard Hicken say that. I just want seven or eight wins. And then, you know, we'll just move on from there. Dan, are you guys out of your mind? Said that? Seriously. Oh, yeah. Are, I mean, are these Gator fans out of their mind that they now have this low opinion of their program? You are the flagship university in the state of Florida, which has more recruits than anybody, and you're getting crushed by Florida State and Miami right now yeah. in recruiting. You're getting crushed on the field. Why are you lowering your expectations? They should be way up here. Well, yeah, you start you start wanting a 10 at 10, and you end up with a 2 at 2. And, and so I do know the feeling that has happened, uh, but that's where you need to obviously raise your expectation, which means you put pressure on your head coach to deliver. They cannot be an also ran. I, I've called them a field horse. Uh, that's the feeling that you're starting to get. The uh, you know the old <laughs> joke I have: we're an academic institution, or we're a spring sports school. That's not look. That's not. Here, that's here's not the, the goal. Honestly, here's the problem. Honestly, you cannot have the most dynamic player on your football team standing next to you on the sideline for more than fifty percent of your plays. Mm-hmm. You can't. Yeah. If you're Billy Napier and you have an elite player. Get him on the field. Sure. Or he's going to leave. And look and what happened. you're talking about Trevor Etienne. Trevor Etienne left. Yeah. The best guy on his team offensively, and he's standing next to him for more than 50% of the game. Yeah, I don't know what the total number of snaps, but it was basically half and half, okay, because we threw the numbers out. Well, Montreal. I mean, Johnson had more snaps than him. Yeah. Had yeah. more touches than him. I don't yeah. know what else to say. Yeah. We still don't know officially where Trevor Etienne is going. He's for going those to of Georgia. You who are That's keeping where he's score. going. Yeah. yeah. But, okay. That's like – Mm-hmm. I'm trying. I'm trying to be the, the big J journalist, yeah. as JJ likes to say. But yes, we have not gotten official confirmation. Obviously, Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia have been flirting with the younger brother of Travis Etienne. So <laughs> let's flip it now to the dogs, because I see some dog fans that are upset. They're not upset. Excuse me. They're upset with us that I brought up Marvin Jones and oh, he had ten tackles and two sacks and four hundred snaps. Uh, listen. We, that's off to the side. That's just a credit to Mike Norvell for saying, hey, let me get former five-star guys and try to revitalize that And by the way, career. we had Shade Tree on, one of Leon's friends, yep. and we asked him the question. At that time, there was stuff that needed to be proved up in time. Well, like he, he still had issues with him. Yeah. You know, he was supportive of him. He believed in him. I mean, so, I mean, and his son was being recruited by him. His son's coming back home because initially I thought his son was going to follow his dad's footsteps right. and go to Florida State. But here's another thing that Mike Norvell's got going for him as far as recruiting goes. They got three or four guys that are going to be first rounders. Yeah. NFL 
sales and recruiting yeah. with those kids. And I'm sure those those players, uh, Verse and Coleman, they got a lineman. Benson might go first round. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- that sales too. These high school kids, I mean, th- they want to be elevated to that next level. And if they see guys that are going and they see programs, that that's how we reason why we stayed on top so long yeah. <clears throat> at Miami. Because Mike and Sap and Ray used to come back. Yeah. And high school kids will see Warren Sapp and Ray Lewis and Michael Irvin on campus. I mean, happy it, birthday, Warren Sapp. Yeah, 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 happy, happy birthday, birthday Sapp. Yeah, Sapp's yeah. birthday. But, but honestly, oh, Yahtzee, because <clears throat> that 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 wins over any vote anything, of confidence. Anything. For, anything for, a coach can say. Yeah. Well, I it mean, also yeah. wins when you can recruit Dade Broward and Palm Beach County yeah. better oh, than anybody. Yeah. Oh, well, when yeah. When they can yeah. do yes. that. Oh, Miami can do that, which is where Look, Mario's headed right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When they can keep Alabama out of there and keep Ohio State out of there. Then they'll win big. Yeah, but don't forget this. All three state schools pushed out top-tier NFL talent. They all did it. Miami did it at a level that few have, have been able to enjoy for, for the longest time. And then FSU went through a, a long string. Anyway, that's what Florida was doing, and now they're not. I, I remember uh, Luther Campbell, Uncle Luke, told me a story that when Omari Cooper, this one, Al Golden was the head coach. Amari, he, he, he took Amari Cooper from Northwestern. South Florida kid, yep. Miami wasn't recruiting him, all right? Miami was not a, a recruiting <laughs> oh Amari God. Cooper. Luke, Luther Campbell went and got Amari He grew up Hurricane fan, whatever. Mm-hmm. So he took him out on the field against their, and went against their DBs, and he torched them, right? He came off, came off the field, and Al Golden said to Luther and Amari Cooper, he said, Coach, this kid's been a Hurricane fan all his life. You know, are you going to recruit him? He said, well, we'll think about it. Oh, Luke, after watching him work he, out. Luke, and he said the Luke same told, thing Luke about, told me that story. about Judy and Ridley. And, and bro, I'm telling you, all them kids, they all, all those they kids all, came out of Northwestern. That's, yeah. that, that's the difference between having the right guy and not having By the, the right way, the guy. right guy might flip Jeremiah Smith, who is now the number one player. <clears throat> really? The kid from Fort Lauderdale who's going to Ohio State, has been committed to Ohio State forever. Forever. Apparently, Miami's throwing a ton of money at him. A ton of money. You might flip them. I so you're you're talking about you're That's talking been about rumor the kid for a couple of Madonna. Yeah, I'd be yeah, shocked yeah. if that. Happened. Well, there's Gator fans that well, think that they're going to flip him too. Well, I mean, no, that's not happening. I mean, the, the two receivers. I've got a light One's wallet. going to Miami. The two receivers. One one's going to Miami. Another one's going to Ohio State. But hey, come on down. We'll take both of them. Yeah. Miami well, did just slip an Ohio State running back yesterday. Yeah, they did. Yeah, Number did. four in the nation. We did. That's how you win there, man. If you can recruit those three counties better than anybody and keep everybody else out. You're going to win a national title. Right. That's where Mario's head. But it, it's so funny because when we mentioned some of these guys and it began you do with that him, and not you know kneel the ball yeah, and kneel the ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that, He'll that'll get a game help. day operations manager. If they, we can have a game changers coordinator, yeah. we can have a game day operations manager. It's but, fine. But the thing that with those South Florida kids, the SoFlo kids, I like to call them, that, that left, they did not go to Miami to go to Florida or Florida State. They left the state. And that was the NIL. That was Nick in limbo. I mean, that was Nick working his magic back then, plucking them out of the state of Florida. And so now, at the very least of Mario, see, go back to what we talked about with Butch. Butch can tell the Miami story and convince kids to to stay there. Mario can do the same thing. He can, absolutely. So it's a big day for Miami, Florida State at this juncture as we are less than 24 hours away from early signing day. Questions abound for Florida, but still, if you can lock up DJ Lagway, then there's optimism in Whoville. And you Georgia fans, we're going to get to you guys in the 1 o'clock hour. I think, if anything, and I understand some of you on the text line are trying to be our inside sources here and 
letting us know. Trevor Etienne and the rest of those transfers won't be announced until Thursday after early signing day. I think there is a good chance that Carson Beck and Georgia, they run it back, and they run it all the way back to a national title. We will discuss that and a whole lot more coming up next in the 1 o'clock hour of XL Primetime. Grilling up lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. We got purpose on this Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota Tuesday, trying to figure things out with the Jacksonville Jaguars after three straight L's. You know, you spell Duval, especially on the social media handle, uh, with three U's uh, and just one L. Uh, but now uh, we've reversed that bad boy. Uh, it's now three L's straight. Uh, and the Philadelphia Eagles feeling some of the same pain with three straight L's. So we are in to your Jaguars and how to fix the problems. We don't know what's going to go on with Trevor Lawrence. We do know that they're heading down to Tampa Town, and they are finding a Buccaneers team Christmas Eve that may want to give out a little coal in the old stocking uh, to to Duval fans coming down there. This is a dangerous game. Uh, You look at the Seahawks last night, and Drew Locke led that team to a victory. Take a look at all the backup quarterbacks that have led their teams to a victory. That was a meaty win for them. Now, granted, Jalen Hurst was hurt, Leon, mm-hmm. but that was a meaty win for them when they needed it big time. Well, I mean, listen, if you watch all these games with these backups quarterbacks and, 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 and so much attention is on the quarterback when they win the game, but you got to look at the execution, and I'm biased, of the offensive line and, mm-hmm. a, lot of the, and a lot of the play, the ability to run, protect, execute. And then the offensive coordinator is going to put it. He's going to put try to put the quarterback in the best position to where he he's not stressed. Yeah. So, <clears throat> same thing happened to us with Browning and Flip. I call him Flipping Flacco. We, we, <laughs> we had to see that. And the same thing we saw last night. Same thing. I mean, they, they, to go down and drive ninety-two yards to win the game, bro. Come yeah. on now. And uh, Kenneth Walker was was doing work <clears throat> yes, last night. Yes, too. he was. My he was putting goodness. in a lot of work. And they they went through a period of time and and. Uh, I guess Buck and Aikman were really zeroed in on this, but DK Metcalf had so few targets, and and, and they were he just made trying. the most of them though. Yeah, he did when he when he needed to make a catch. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the catch between Five the two catches defenders. on six targets, yeah. and he was their leading receiver with seventy eight yards. Yeah, it just took. Mm-hmm. There was like this big gap in time, and they were running the heck out of it. You know, the wine glass Chardonnay. I mean, there's another. He's a rookie, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, rookie from UCLA. Oh, Charbonnet, yeah, about yeah, UCLA. Yeah. I didn't realize they were what allowed to play. Chardonnay. Chardonnay. I call him that too, bro. Yeah. I just call him the wine glass, Chardonnay. Exactly. But, but that guy is another rookie running the football in critical moments in big ball games. They trust him. Where is Bigsby? Honestly. Bro. Go down the line of these rookie running backs that are all stepping in and pitching. Well, it's it. also a team that's desperate to get in the playoffs, and they're he's they're been all doing invested. It. No, no, I know, but yeah. I'm saying yeah. the team is invested. Yeah, like they gutted out that win last night. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. But I'm a backup saying, quarterback. My whole point is, is that he's been contributing, just like Brown up in Cincinnati, yes. Mitchell up yes. in Baltimore. You can go down the line with these rookie running backs. This is a problem here, okay? Well, Tank right now is stuck in the mud. Well, the, the problem with Tank is is that he has as many turnovers as he does carries. Yeah. Be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, you can't trust him. You can't him. trust him, bro. Bad? Not can't. in December. Not in December. Hell no. Not when you're trying to make a push when every game is as important as it is. Now, you may tolerate that early in the season, but late in the season in December, yeah. you'll become a healthy scratch real quick. Yeah, yeah. So you can vote on the social media at 1010XL. <clears throat> JJ, real easy for them to find it, correct? Yeah, go to 1010XL's uh, X, yeah. Twitter, 
Uh, we are one of the first ones, but as always, this question of the day brought to you by Beaver Toyota of St. Augustine. After three straight losses, who is in the worst place? Jags or the Eagles? Jags winning big time, about 90% right now. Um, someone says, this is an easy answer. Jags, Eagles could lose the rest of their games and still make the playoffs. Another one, Jags have an easy schedule, uh, so we'll be okay. Eagles are already in the dance and have the Giants twice. Yeah. yeah, I tend to agree with that. Yeah, and so let us know. Throw, throw a comment on top of your your, your vote in the X. Should we save that poll for tomorrow when after Lagway flips and then throw Florida on there too and see what happens? <laughs> yeah, see which ones. That, that, Are that's they worse. on a three-game losing streak? Yeah, they're in a I'm category the all by them. Yeah, Lagway's they're actually, not they're on a flipping. Four. There you go, they're on a yeah. four. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. not get our hopes up. Lagway's not going to flip. Let's yeah. not get our hopes <laughs> Hey, hey. What's going to happen when we're in the three to six slot next yeah. week? I'm sorry. I'm sorry to those that listen during that hour. All right, so recruiting definitely on the brain. And you, you Knowles, you Canes, you Gators, you Dogs, you guys can hit the text line 641-1010. And just either how stoked or depressed are you when it comes to, you know, those recruiting rankings? Uh, You know, I I said it earlier and I said it to Tenny yesterday. Carson Beck, my gut all along, was this kid just barely got the reins of mm-hmm. of basically BMOC, big man on campus. I'm the quarterback. I've been here. I've put my time in. And now I finally got the football in my hands, and I'm leading this team. And obviously they were in it all the way down to the end, had won, what was it, 28 in a row, something <laughs> in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Carson, I just think, fully embraced that and can improve his stock even more next year while getting a good NIL deal this well, year to come back. I, listen, I understand. Uh, and Carson will be a senior next year, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, red shirt. Red yeah. Oh, so fifth year, red, yeah. Fifth, fifth year. year senior. Because, I, listen, I, I remember being a red shirt junior, and we, we went 10-2 and when we played in the Cotton Bowl, right? And I remember my offensive line coach running up to me during spring. I was there to get my schedule. Mm-hmm. He ran up to me and said, well, what does I hear about you coming out early? I said, coming out early? I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. He said, I'm coming back for my senior year. I want to win I want to win a national championship going out my senior year. He said, I had a first-round grade. I said, well, I didn't know that. I appreciate you telling me now, <laughs> but I'm still not coming out. But, but I understand, you, you know, like you said, he's the big man on campus. Yeah. Had a di- I can't understand that one loss is a disappointing season to Georgia. Yeah, it's crazy. That's the standard, right? Hey, one, one loss is a disappointing season to Georgia. One win and- is an improvement for Florida. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So so now Carson, he's now he's the man. He's going to come back. Georgia's going to be the overwhelming favorite to win the national championship next year. I'm yeah. old enough to remember when Carson Beck was going to Florida. Yeah, Aww. yeah, yeah. As a Mandarin kid. Wow. Smallest violin. I'm actually wow. old enough, JJ, <laughs> to remember when he was going to play football and baseball at Alabama, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he, he, he committed, I think, like on the sports den, yeah. I believe. Did yeah. he really? Yeah. To, to Bama? Yeah, from Bama. Wow, yeah. To go to Florida and then – what happened? Yeah. It's crazy. Wow. And, and look, he, he was a kid that if you stare right down the road to Gainesville, uh, he obviously had ties and, 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 and had a rooting interest in them. But then uh, Kirby Smart did his thing, got him in there. And, and you know what else? The style of play mm-hmm. at both of those schools, they had, they had that drop-back passer look to what they were doing up in Athens mm-hmm. compared to Gainesville well, they also at the had, time. You know, Nick Saban and Kirby well, Smart. Yeah, exactly. So. They had a guy who walked right in and instantly made them competitive. Yeah. Oh, oh, what is that, uh, Matt? That's the product, that's, right? Yeah. That's the product. That's well, the I mean, he, he has a first-round grade, right? Yes. So, I mean, so he late first-round grade, he wants the number one. He wants to be number one. Well, he could have yeah. – he could have – going to the Combine, having his his uh, his, his pro day workouts at mm-hmm. the school, going on the on the grease board for, for scouts, having the individual interviews, he could have risen high. 
Oh, high, I don't doubt like top it. Top ten high. I, well, yeah, I don't. No, doubt I had two it. different scouts tell me that he could have been top top ten guy. Well, it's like we said, Drake May's measurables are still as solid as they come. Sure. Caleb Williams, yes. Sure. Okay, but Jayden, it's the position. Yeah, yeah. It's the it's, it's the position yeah. in the NFL. Yeah, and jo- and Jaden Daniels was Matt Miller, one of the guys that we've had on that is a you know good good draft Nick. Mm-hmm. He had Jaden Daniels projected fourth. Well, so. How committed is he to coming back? Because there's going to be a lot of people in his ear when the dra- when you know yes, when the bowl's over. I totally agree. Agents are going to be in his ear. This draft stock stock is going to go rise and fall. Whatever agent. So I mean, how committed is he it's, to staying? I mean, they that put he out, says going to Georgia. They put out a, the University of Georgia. They put, put it out. out. Graphic. Yeah, he's yeah, coming back. He and, and, and the check has been it, signed. So, okay. I, I don't disagree with you. Yeah. I don't disagree with you at all. All I'm saying is, it's that bag is going to get heavier and heavier. <laughs> <laughs> In our conversation, every week it gets heavier. But doesn't it make you feel a, a, a bit as someone who played for the love of your university and your mm-hmm. school, Leon? Does it does it do something for you emotionally to hear that he is that committed to? Finishing the job at Georgia. It is. I mean, be, 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 uh, you know, I had the luxury of well, I, when I came into Miami, I won a title. And I, when I came in, I won a title my freshman year. Which so did Carson, by the way. Yeah, he has two. Exactly. He just wasn't playing. It, so I wanted to leave with a title. You know, so the, losing two games last year, I mean, losing two games when I was at Miami was a disappointment. That was a standard at Miami at that particular time. So I wanted to go out my senior year with a title. Mm-hmm. And I was committed to that. And, and the guys who came in with me, we're committed to that as well. I said, look, bro, we're not going out like this. 10 and 2, we're not going out with 10 and 2. We need to go undefeated and win this chat. And we and we did. We accomplished our goal. It's crazy that you can have what, that in your, you know, in your sights and, and, and go do it. And you know what's crazy is because I, I remember when we won a national title, we beat Nebraska 22 to nothing in the Orange Bowl, right? I remember being in the 50-yard line and me and Mario were hugged. We hugged, whatever, whatever. And I said, is this it? Because I think the journey – Getting mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. was more fulfilling than the actual product. Mm-hmm. You know, I won a yeah. championship. Yep. I was in the Orange Bowl. But what we went through to get to that and win that yeah. and confetti and everything, I was like. The climb. I was like, is this it? No, yeah. it's not the it climb. because now we can talk crap to the other fan bases for the rest of my life. Yeah. Forever. Of that, Forever. Right. That climb thank you for your service. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Exactly. No. <laughs> Before we leave the Georgia segment, we got to say they did lose the number one quarterback yes. in the nation yesterday, Dylan Riola, whose uncle – Coaches at Nebraska, whose father played in Nebraska, committed to Nebraska yesterday. Yeah. Which he Big technically has been playing Huge. high school football in Buford. Uh, one of our nooners actually pointed out on the text line that of the top 10 recruits out of the state of Georgia, none of them now are actually going to the University of Georgia. So Kirby's going to have to hit the portal, not just for the rest of that roster, but especially that quarterback room with Brock Vandegrift heading to Kentucky. We don't know the status with Gunnar Stockton. And they do have Puglisi. The mm-hmm. now elevated to a three-star quarterback who committed well, over mean, the weekend. He does have the number one class in the nation. In, That's what in I'm West, saying. It's, it's impressive what he's doing. It's not like he's just keeping guys at home akin right. to Mario. What we're saying is like each of these recruiting wins is different. And it's worth noting that it's outside of the state of Georgia. It's outside of the Peach State, which going back to what the conversation we had with Leon earlier, you didn't leave your state. That that's how you grew up and planned to play that next level was in your state. And now that it, it's it's coast to coast. He's you got three go in the anywhere. top thirteen from Georgia is what he's got. He's yeah. got one the eight number eight, the number twelve, and the number thirteen. That's mm-hmm. yeah. Oh he's, he's, uh, and he's it, also got anybody else he wants. Do you know that how how many guys if would Billy have to, Neighbor didn't have didn't have you know the top ten of Florida and still right. the number one class, which would be all right with that? Yeah, this is not a Billy discussion. This is a Kirby. <laughs> is this is what I'm saying is that he would have to have five, six, seven defections for him to come off the number one. At least, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so not just one or two to, to come off the number one. No, he'd have to have a bunch. 
more than a handful. And so, no, this guy is relentless. That's why he was on Beck's behind to make sure that he knew he was coming back. And even though Denny was kind and said he wasn't, you know, roughing up Carson, I guarantee you he wanted to know. Hell yes, he was yeah. roughing him up a little yeah. bit. You yeah. know he was. Yeah. Now listen to Not this. Not like rough, rough, but he was saying, look, man, I got to know. Exactly. All right, meanwhile, and this we need to at least get into this a little bit more. Uh, Channing Crowder on the pivot uh, with Fred Taylor and Ryan Clark. Uh, his quote about the head coach, Billy Napier, Napier doesn't have enough S blank, blank, blank to him. He's pleasant. I like him. I've met him. He named a trophy after me. He's a good human to sit down in his office and talk to him, but he's basically saying the guy don't have it. He's a nice neighbor. Yeah, he's, he's a, a good PTA yeah, hey, president. He named a trophy after me. He's a good human. But that's what you're up against right now if you're Florida. And okay? you're going to be yes. up against, if if we want to throw the ETN rumors out there, you're going to have ETN in the backfield for Georgia <laughs> with Carson returning for a second year. You got London Humphreys, who's already transferred from Vanderbilt. Um, he's did what, he commit to Georgia? It's yeah. There's a couple of different sites that have reported it. Yeah. As of two days ago, that he's going to Georgia. He's a good player, man. He's <laughs> that, a really Billy, good player I'm, I'm that's still, been overshadowed. That, man, that, he's a really good player. That, that was Fred that said that. No, uh, that no. was uh, no, Channing oh, Crowder that said it. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean con- that Fred – I was concerned. I really <laughs> was concerned. Fred. Okay, I was just concerned yeah. because and, that, and, I'm, you're talking about uh, you, what you could use as a recruiting against Florida, oh. that right there. I'm glad. I was like, I know Fred is. But that. Channing probably said it, and Fred yeah. probably looked at him and said the same thing. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, it's XL Primetime. Chime in on that. Recruiting tomorrow will definitely be all over it, that's for sure. Uh, on a Beaver Toyota, Beaver Chevy Tuesday, we'll get back to your Jags and the rest of the National Football League as well. That just – Happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm sure you're all going to be shocked by this. Aaron Rodgers is currently making his weekly appearance on the Pat McAfee show. Here are some of the quotes from what he has had to say so far. If I was 100% today, I'd definitely be pushing to play. But the fact is, I'm not. I've been working hard to get closer. I'm still 14 weeks tomorrow from my surgery. And being medically cleared as 100% healed is not realistic at 14 weeks. At least there would have been a conversation about it. It was always going to be a difficult rehab. If they hadn't gotten smoked by Miami. Yeah, exactly. That's You don't want to come back to a losing situation. <laughs> That's not for me. And so the bottom line is, is that uh, it sounds like he's not going to be medically cleared and he will not be playing for the New York Jets, who have already mathematically been eliminated from the playoffs. Yeah. And, it, look, I, I marvel at the, uh, how the guy plays because, as we mentioned yesterday, Trevor is now 18 and 18. He's not 18 for 18. Mm. He's 18 touchdowns, 18 turnovers. And if you look at the efficiency that Aaron Rodgers operated at, oh, my goodness. Still, to this day, yeah, in his yeah, 40s, yeah. yeah I think we need to amend that stat, by the way. I think it's 16 turnovers, 10 six, picks and six fumbles lost. 10 and six? I believe, yeah. All right, let's make sure we hey, – Facts are important. Yeah, come on, guys. Okay. I just went yeah, off a map. How many fumbles for Trevor Lawrence? And All right. Eight. I just went off a map. I, I looked at him. And, mm. You know, he's a journalist. That's, I looked that's at him why I, I thought he was right, too. All right. Thank you very much. You know what? I think that's a perfect time to do a bold fact. <laughs> yeah. How many fumbles does Trevor Lawrence Here's have? a bold fact brought to you by Bold City Brewery, Duval's first craft brewery. 
online at boldcitybrewery.com. First off, I'm fired up. We're going to be at Bold City Brewery Friday. Okay. Woo! Yeah, so the production house right there on Roselle. You can make plans now. Friday, they open up at noon. Uh, so we would love to see you. Looking forward to that. Don't forget Bold City with all their brews. Okay, the first brewery in Duval in 2008, celebrating 15 years. Go get you one of their great crafts. All right, so here we go. Tampa Bay, Jacksonville's next opponent, Baker Mayfield, passed for 381 in four touchdowns. No picks. 158.3 passer rating. That's the highest attainable mark. Buccaneers blew out Green Bay, Battle of the Bays, beat them up in Lambeau. Third player with at least 375 passing, four touchdowns, and a 158.3 passer rating in a road game in NFL history. Okay? Mm -hmm. All of that. Third player to do it. Who are the other two? Peyton Manning. 158.3 passer rating on the road. Aaron Rodgers. At least 375 and four. Brock Purdy, I think, was one. These are all great guesses. No one has gotten a ding yet. Mm. <clears throat> I'm going to uh, say uh, Tua. Still no ding. Somebody's going to be really efficient. Well, he said Aaron Rodgers, and then he went, ooh, I have a bold is it, fact. Is it so is it Marv? Nothing yet. Ro- Rocklisberger. Nothing yet. Elway. All right, I'm going to say <laughs> these are semi-obscure. Oh. oh. Semi-obscure, but... One of them was a first-rounder, and the other one is certainly had his moments. Matthew Stafford. Jared Goff. No? Had his moments. Carson Wentz? Yeah, had his moments could mean a lot. Yeah, I know. I was was really trying to phrase that correctly. (laughs) Who's the guy before Warner? What was in the Trent Green? No. Wow. All right, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Because one of these guys – uh, the, if I have this right, if Are you I were going to pull out a Kyle Bowler here, is that what you're going to do? <laughs> no, no, no. But I'm telling you, it's one of guys. You know, like I said, a first rounder, but Kerry Collins, but kind of obscure. Okay, remember the thirty for thirty, uh, Elway to Marino. Mm-hmm. Uh, was Ken O'Brien one of the guys yes, uh, drafted was. the first oh round? My yeah. God. So wow. Ken O'Brien, one of them that did it. No on relation, the road. by the way. I do not have an uncle Ken. <laughs> so Ken O'Brien, 1986 at Seattle. Okay, mm. up there while he was with the New York Jets. Uh, he had the perfect passer rating, uh, four touchdowns and 375. The other guy that done that done this, the other guy that has done this, has a statue. Nick of Flipping wow. Foles. Nick Foles. Nick Foles, November third, twenty thirteen, at Oakland with an Eagles. How about that? Chip Kelly as his head coach, which yeah. uh, yeah. I know. 2013, he was with the Eagles? Yeah. Oh, his first stint. Yeah. Yeah, that was the With the chipper. The young Nick, young Nick Foles sensation with the chipper, which, speaking of the chipper, uh, we can maybe get to this coming up a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, young intern John Party just sent me, and I talked about this with a couple of buddies on another podcast yesterday, the Chip Kelly argument mm-hmm. about why hasn't football just broken away and people are like praising him, and um, in, in college football, in terms of right. conference realignment, like football should break just away pee by itself, not do this to the other sports. And everyone's acting as if he like found the cure for cancer. And I'm just like, have we not been debating the have same thing on this program forever? for like a year and a half now? But because we called it a super D one, just break away. You we don't literally have to run made a graphic of it. Yeah. By the way, I have an update. 
Yeah. According to NFL.com, he has six fumbles this year. So it's 18 16. Okay. Yeah. 18 16. Like however, however, <laughs> however is, what? this is something more a little disturbing. Yeah. He has 20 lost fumbles in his career. 20 lost fumbles. Yeah. Total. I remember last year against the 60. Eagles, he had four in one game, <laughs> yeah. right? So that's, that's, and, and we're not through the third year yet. And that's, sometimes it's ghosts that yeah. get him. Like how many career, in the, in the Eagles game last year, picks and last does he week? have? It was what? How many career picks does he have? Uh, he had 17 year, 31, 32. year one. Cleaned it up last year. Is right now operating with 10. So, uh, yeah, Man. in the 30s. Definitely yeah. in the 30s. So he's in the 50s. His balls are different he's in, in the, person. He's in the 50s in turnovers in year three. Yeah. Wow. That's, That's a lot. Look, it, it, and by the way, half a year. Josh Allen basically was averaging a turnover a game, but still did all the other things. <laughs> He threw for a lot of touchdowns, ran for touchdowns. Uh, and then Dak Prescott had his moments last year. Stafford had his moments last year. They led the league in, in, in interceptions. Uh, and so, yeah, you can turn it around, but he has absolutely got to clean it He's got 35 up. career interceptions right now. Yeah. And what I say, 20 career fumbles. Yeah, so 55. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's a lot. All right, you guys chime in on that, 641-1010. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, look I, I, look, I think the guy's going to be a great player. All I'm telling you is that stuff's got to stop. Yeah, yeah. When the words you... are, in the words of Channing Crowder, that S blank, blank, blank's got to yeah, stop. Exactly. It's got to stop. TLD brought you all uh, peanut M&Ms just to put she a smile did. on yeah. your face. That stuff Thank does not you. have to stop. Yeah, especially with you, all, the, all the misery we're dealing with right now. Merry Christmas. I'm going to thank you. I'm going to thank you. And a happy new year. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. All right, I do reserve the right to swerve off the interstate and hit the exit ramp. I just want to bring this up because it's Christmas time, and you're always going to have family around. And whenever you lose someone, especially around a holiday, it's very tough. Thanksgiving, I always think of my mom because we lost her. So... Frankie, our long-haired Dotson that we have had and been so lucky to have forever, he's just not going to make it. Uh, mm. it's, it's sad as hell. Yeah. It really, oh, yeah. really is sad. Matt and I were just talking about it walking back into the studio. And so, uh, you know, the family, it's like he's one of us, okay? This, this, this little man lived to be 17. And so, anyway, unfortunately, it just looks like he's not going to make it. And so, TLD's all sad we were going to go get – uh, Hyla from the airport tomorrow night and hope that he would make it, but it just doesn't look like he's going to make it. So hug your dogs, okay? Hug your yes. pets uh, along <laughs> with your people um, uh, during during the holiday season. But I was telling you guys the story. You know, mm. we're going to find a nice, peaceful place for him. But when we first cleared our property, it was a buddy of mine, Scott Clarkson in, in, in St. Aug, and he's clearing this piece of property. We're going to build our house. And we were backing up to another neighbor's backyard in another little mini development. Anyway, as Clarkson's clearing the land, this little kid comes out, eight years old. No, wait, stop right there. That's not how you initially told no, it. No, no, yeah. that's yeah. not you initially how you told it was, 
as Clarkson was clearing this yard, there yeah. was an eight-year-old boy, and we're like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. After he told us that he buried all his animals right. in the backyard, right. and he's so like, thinking, and then I'm clearing the, the land, and there's an eight-year-old right boy. Now yeah. in okay, now, I didn't even realize it sounded that way. <laughs> so but, weird oh. things have happened yeah. in Joe's childhood, as we have learned all it's too so, well. Anyway, yeah. the eight-year-old boy was not yeah. buried anyway, in the backyard. He's not buried in the backyard. This is not the burbs or anything like that, which you still need to see that, JJ. But anyway, so little man has his air rifle okay and he's firing at clarkson and clarkson has to shut the front end loader down he's like wait a minute little man puts his hands up he's like whoa 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 and we were clearing our land right on the edge of the properties where he had laid his dog right the rest. oh man and so he was and so that was his own burial yeah ground. and so scott smartly said let's let's find another place and 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 they you know moved the headstone for him where he was at peace well that was a tender moment, okay? Yeah, no question about it. <clears throat> Fast forward a few years, and this kid air rifles one over the fence and shatters our back uh, door, okay? He turned into a little bit of um, a turd. Uh, yeah. Well, well that clear, was a huge red flag right away, yeah. him right. like letting <laughs> off shots at oh, a random well, man. Well, especially no, because Joe at first described this young man <laughs> as a degenerate, and I was like, what, is he in like to the gambling game? Oh, like, my God. Like he got into gambling, and that's why things went awry? Well, I walked into the house, or I pulled up. And and there was a deputy outside, and anyway, he had lobbed and like he arced it over the fence, really, and shattered the the French door. That was again wow. years later, <laughs> after the first incident. Well, he was eight, so years later was what thirteen, fourteen. Uh, How old were you when you got your first hard, like man. Red Rider slash oh, yeah. air rifle? I mean, we were like ten, maybe. Well, we yeah, got a red rifle. I didn't get it, JJ, because I was poor. Oh, so. yeah, of yeah, course. Forget, yeah. I forgot but it's about probably, it. Oh, I totally used, forgot about it. We that. used sticks and rubber bands, JJ, okay? <laughs> it was probably they had, about they, that They time. had their red rider <laughs> at Matt's house to hunt for food. <laughs> yeah. before and we, we couldn't uh, use it. <laughs> before we say hi to <laughs> Coach Campo, I do want to do one more note on the college front because we had a couple te- text texters on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures ask about if Billy Napier – was to be fired, who would be the next Florida head coach? Who would you like to see as Florida's next head coach? And I think we can tie these two things together. Kalen DeBoer was named AP Coach of the Year based on the AP Top 25 voters. He received 30 of 52 first-place votes, 113 points. Mike Norvell finished in second. Eli Drinkwitz was third. Mm. Jed Fish was fourth. And a couple of our Nooners have said that, well, certainly, you know, the Lane Kiffin name has been – Rumored to Florida for many, many moons. Would Jed Fish want to come home to Florida, especially in light of what he has done out in the desert? In a heartbeat. But if if your first decision isn't Lane Kiffin, you're doing something wrong. Talking about owning the portal, that guy is destroying the portal right now. uh, It's the way he coaches. It's the way he recruits. It's the way he's not the same guy he was at USC, okay? The last time he had a major job. Yeah, He He gets gets a major job now, he's going to crush it. He will absolutely crush it. And would you say, I, I think maybe the the most uh, what's uh, the best way to phrase this, the for for Hotty Toddy for Ole Miss, the most impressive thing about this is that that is a state that is regarded with not as much blue chip talent and not a desirable place necessarily. In other words, if a recruit is well, listing desirable places, so he has overcome a yes. heck of a lot. He's Put it this way. If you're talking about the best states to recruit college football players, mm-hmm. Texas or Florida are one and two, okay? Yeah. They, they switch every year, one to two. Mississippi's probably 20? Yeah, it's, 19, it's down 18, there. 19, 19, yeah. 20, somewhere around yeah. there. There's good players there, <clears throat> but it's but it's only like, you know, 
10 to 12 good players. Whereas yeah. with Florida, there's a hundred good players sure. that you can build with. Yeah. So, that, so yeah, that's, I mean, I, it's, it's his play calling. It's his recruiting. It's his roster building. It's his understanding of how to deal with the times we're in right now in college football, how your roster management is so much more than just recruiting high school players. Mm-hmm. The days of doing it quote unquote organically are gone. You yeah. can't do it that way anymore. You no. have to use the portal, mm-hmm. and you have to re-recruit your own roster all the time. And coaches can complain about it all they want, <laughs> and it's like I keep hearing this, well, it's not sustainable. Yes, it is. Oh, yeah. And if you don't like it, then guess what? The next guy will pay $8 million, he'll do it. Well, so it is sustainable. Mm-hmm. What's going on right now is sustainable, and it will continue. It, it's a hybrid model, and we have these gas and electric cars now. It's a hybrid model. And if you can do both, meaning – if you get the prize, because the portal guys come in, and, and here's the argument, Leon. You go back and Jimmy Johnson found guys and then turned them into players. So <clears> that, <throat> that was, that's what and, – and Coach Campbell probably tells the story in 2 o'clock hour uh, agreeing because that's what you did. You didn't just draft uh, – you didn't sign them. You developed them. Mm-hmm. Okay, So getting a high school kid and developing them is what you're supposed to do. But then also get these just-to-have-water guys, these microwave guys that come in and fix your program – Immediately, those are hugely important now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in my day, I mean, I knew coming in. I mean, a lot of these kids now coming in, <clears throat> they want to play. Mm-hmm. You know, they they don't want to be developed. They, I'm not going to say they don't want to be developed, but <clears throat> they want to have an impact right then and there. I right. knew going in at Miami, Miami was already had a litany of talent. I knew that I had to wait my turn. But when my turn came, I was ready, you know. Yeah. So, it, it, it's still it's still about developing. When you got recruits coming, I don't care you, if you got a four or five star recruit, you you got to make sure he performs like a four or five star recruit. Yeah, and that's the most important thing that yeah. you, you get these guys that they live up to their potentials. And these guys that are coming through the portal, not all of them, but a lot of them have been humbled. They've been humbled, mm-hmm. and now they're like, okay, I better get it right, or I'm not going to have much of a chance to you know go to that yeah. next level. Well, listen, I, I love the portal. Only thing I don't like about the portal is if a kid is leaving for comp- because of competition. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I don't like about the portal. If you're leaving because you, you don't think that you can win the job in spring, then that the port then the portal is, a, is a, entirely a mess. Mm-hmm. You still got to compete in this game. Right. You absolutely. Well have to said. Play. But if your coach changes, if the situation, it's no longer yeah. the type of offense <clears throat> or defense you thought it would be. Yeah, that yeah that that, that matters, but well. But I, I still I, I still don't like when kids just bounce because just run just yeah. run because there's competition. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It, I can understand if there's a new coach and and all the other kind of stuff that factors in that recruited you and and you think the coaching staff is going to be there for the duration while you're there as a player and they, they bounce and go somewhere else. I understand that you don't want, you don't like the familiarity of a new coach coming in, but the run from competition, man, I, I, don't, I don't. Yeah. Well, to be fair though, <clears throat> they they need tape if they. All want to play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They need tape. So if you're sitting behind a guy, you're not getting well, tape. Yeah, true, true. I, I, At any I position, agree. much then, less quarterback. But here's the thing. I, this was another thing. The NFL is not going anywhere. I mean, I when I I didn't think about going pro until my junior year. Mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to be the best Miami Hurricane I could be. And if I and, and the entail, the NFL is going to come find you. All right. But just while you were in college, develop your craft. To, so you can live up to your highest potential, and then the NFL will find you. You, mm-hmm. you ain't got to go looking for them. They'll come get find you. And, and, but you got but you got to actually play. You got to be a baller. You got to be a dog. You got to get on the field. Is what I'm true, saying. True. Yeah. True. Which, get which, them. that's where Trevor Etienne's a good example. Oh yeah. Because 
A, he didn't feel like he got enough playing time or got as many snaps well, he as he probably felt like he did not get enough snaps. But I'm just saying that and the combo of of the results. Mm-hmm. That the team is not good. And so he probably had visions and dreams of playing close to his brother and being on a good football team. So that uh, it's hilarious that some Florida fans are out there on social media saying, well, he couldn't block. Block. That's the thing now, Joe. He can't yeah. pass protect. Yeah. So. Well, wow. They don't yeah. need him anymore. By the yeah, way, to Leon's pass. point about, like, they'll find you, I mean, Jared Verse, mm-hmm. the guy yeah. played at Albany, Albany, and he's yeah. going to be maybe the number one end yeah. Russia and Right, but he also played at Florida State for the oh, last two years. I'm just saying no, they but that's found a credit him. to Florida State. Nowadays, it's way easier to be found because of the portal. Like, I, I, was, mm. I, I have to admit, I, I, was, I was wrong because when we were talking about the transfer portal with Mike Norvell originally getting Jared Burst, I'm like, oh, come on. He's out of Albany. How good, <laughs> how good can he be? Right. I, I mean, mean uh, he took Jermaine Jer- Johnson from yeah. Georgia, who uh, that's obviously a more prolific name yeah. and a prolific yeah. program. But he wasn't doing a heck of a lot up <laughs> right. in Athens, and then he gets him into fl- Tallahassee, and he becomes a first-round pick. Right, and what was funny is, you know, it may be a convenient argument, and that's probably why I piled on Jared Verse before I even knew how good of, of a player he could be, is that, oh, same thing we are talking about with Leon. He can't get on the field at Georgia, so he, he picks up and, and goes somewhere else. Well, he went somewhere else and, and was a player. And so looking at that mm-hmm. opportunity, you know, kind of putting all of our, our arguments together. He needed an opportunity. Yeah, well, you go to small schools like that, Albany, you got to be a dog yeah. to get the attention of the, the bigger name. But wait, I didn't know that he started at Georgia. Mm-hmm. And then he started at Georgia and then went to Albany? No, 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 no. Different guy. Yeah. Oh, different yeah. guy. Okay, yeah. yeah but yeah. like Jerry Verse, I mean, but you get attention if you – if you whatever league that Albany is in, I'm sure that he dominated Albany. Mm-hmm. And if you dominate Albany, so you, you're you going to get the attention of bigger schools. And which he did. Let me, let me just say this real quick with the ETM. One more thing. <clears throat> he averaged 13.8 touches a game this year. 13.8 touches a game. No, I get it. And look, what I had said all along about Billy Napier, which was an absolute mystery to me what they did, is that going into this year, I thought they had a chance to play some good defense, which they did early, and then they unraveled, and run the football. And I would have run Montreal and Trevor Etienne a total of 40 times because that's what they had. It was their best chance to succeed and to get – at the very least, get a ground game going where Merch could have a chance to maybe, what did you say all the time, get the ball down the field. And they never did it to any um, effectiveness or frequency. Okay, how, 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 do you, how do you run the football? You keep running it, right? How do yeah. you run it to success? You keep running it. Mm-hmm. And they didn't do that. It was mm-hmm. ridiculous the way they didn't do that. And those were their – honestly, if you say Trevor was their best player, how far down the list do you have to go before you get to Montreal? Okay, let's just say Eugene Wilson. Yeah. 6.7 touches a game. Yeah. So you have literally an average of 66, 67 plays a game. Right. Your two best players are getting it 20 times. Right. And uh, Trey Wilson got that in the first five Not, minutes I mean, of it's the ball just, game. It's, it's unfathomable how, how reckless coaching that is. Yeah. Unfathomable. Seriously. One-third. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Believe me, I would have fed him. I would have fed Less him. Less than one-third. I yeah. can fathom it. Yeah. <laughs> So you get, you guys I don't can, even need to fathom You guys out there can say we're ripping, we're ripping Billy Napier all you want. It's right there in front of you. There's empirical evidence right. of what's I, going on. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, like I said, I didn't dream it. I saw it. It was – all right, Big Sirs, you are out the door. I am. I don't want to send you out with the – but 
Enjoy the rest of the afternoon. All right, he is out the door. Coach Campo is coming up next. Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota, bringing you today's show. And we got to get right with this football team. They lost a, a Sunday night game to the Baltimore Ravens. Can they get back to winning ways against the Bucks? We'll say hello to our head, head coach coming up. XL Primetime's Coach Dave Campo is brought to you by Bold City Heating and Air. Online at BoldCityAC.com. I love the Steppenwolf intro, some good old music, but I tell you what, uh, they need to get it going here in Duval because they're heading down to Tampa Town, uh, and they do need to get stepping, that's for sure. Coach Campo in the house in the 2 o'clock hour uh, on a Beaver Chevy Beaver Toyota Tuesday. How are you? Well, I've uh, it's past the 24-hour rule, so I'm, yeah. I'm doing okay. And, uh, yeah, they need to go from stepping to running. Yeah, and by the way, you're not the curse. I told you that. Yeah. And it's true. Well, I told you. Me and I, I had that qu- conversation. I texted Coach and I, as I was walking down to the tunnel after the second fumble, and I said, well, Coach, it's not you. At least we confirmed that. You are free to come to Jaguar games if you are so inclined. Now, what did, what did uh, I say to that? You're not going to say it on national TV, yeah. or national radio. Yeah. Right. I'm not going to say it. But uh, Coach was like, mm, I'm not so sure I want to be uh, yeah. w- watching this product in person. But, hey, listen, I'm sure that plenty of guys in that locker room would say the same thing right now. They yeah. understand that much of their lack of success is because of those self-inflicted penalties that you would think by week 15 are cleaned up. That's what Doug Peterson preached a year ago, peaking at the right time, playing clean football. What has happened in your estimation, because to me, it just screams one mistake happens and then it snowballs from there. And that, for me, is concerning because that's not the sign of a veteran mature squad. Well, and I think the same thing is going on with the coaches, to be honest with you. It, we run the football in the first first uh, quarter. Two success. We were running pretty successful. Mm-hmm. And then we have one or two bad runs, and that's the last you see of it. So, to me, it's things spiral like that you know and and uh I, you know th- there's no question uh when we go into these last three ball games if we play clean football we got a chance to win them all all right so stay there as far as you know if if you are succeeding early running the football why would you abandon it and then when you add up the last couple of games coach the number of throws the number of dropbacks that Trevor especially with with what we might describe as a suspect offensive line He's getting a share of hits, and the ball's going in the wrong hand. Well, the problem is, you know, if you're not running the ball successfully, then the play-action game doesn't, uh, you know, really equate to how you're going to do. But the the thing that bothers me a little bit is the biggest plays they've had in the last three ball games have been when they've maximum protect. Mm -hmm. You know, that throwback to uh, uh, Agnew, Mm -hmm. you know, was on a, a, you know, fake the counter and whatever. Well, run the counter a few times and fake it, do that a few more times to get the ball down the football field. That doesn't seem to be happening. And that's where the dropbacks come in because if you're not running the football, there's no need, need in trying to fool the defense. you got to try to throw the football, and it's it's not worked out very well. You know, I hate to say this, but you're starting to see a, a trend of sorts. You, you say, okay, run the counter and throw off play action. That's what most of the NFL does. But you're, if you're over here in this side of the camp where you're talking about we like to be aggressive, we like to do things differently. Well, that doesn't work a lot of the times. How about doing what the rest of the league does that does work, and then maybe you'll be in position to every once in a while sprinkle that stuff in there, yeah. right? Well, you know, first of all, you know, I don't, 
you know, being aggressive and, and doing what it takes to get the ball into your player's hands is two different things. I mean, if I, you know, I'm going to try, you asked me a question off the air about how many times should your top players touch the ball? Right. Well, you got to find a way to get the top players a football. If you're trying to throw to Ridley, for example, and every time is a drop back pass, well then try something else, mm-hmm. run them across the field and, and do something that's being different, but it's also trying to get the ball into the hands of the guys that can make something happen. And I don't think that's happening as, as well as it needs to, uh, especially when you're playing a good football team and you're not going on all cylinders all the time. If you've got a question for Coach, 641-1010, the number to reach us at. Be sure to also comment on YouTube where we also are live streaming, and you can see the one, the only, head coach Dave Campo hanging out with us the rest of the way on this Beaver Toyota Tuesday. Coach, you brought up the Max Protect on the Agnew touchdown should also be noted that those first four running plays that the Jaguars ran to much success, two of the four also had an extra offensive lineman on the field. Clearly it worked, and so it's the same thing. If it's working, why are they going away from it? Well, first of all, I think if, if you know, that's nice that they got the extra lineman out there, but I, I would rather see them do what they have to do with the extra tight end in there, get the extra blocker, you know, and and I think you can run the football effectively that way too. They, because to you, you can, to you, they did prove. Sorry to cut you off. Like they proved in those four plays, they can run the ball. Yeah, well, and 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 to me, I think they give up on it way too soon. Yeah, because I have the simple answer: they proved they could, and then they couldn't. Okay, right. because you take a look at their yards per carry average over the last, and this is now becoming a three-game total. Okay, ETN two and a half yards per carry two weeks ago, two two games ago. And then here we are with 17 totes, including four rushes from Trev, for 75 yards. That yeah. is a lousy per carry yardage. Well, first of all, you can't do that. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to throw the ball, what they throw it, 47 times or something like that? Uh, he that dropped right? back 43 times, 25 but, but, of 43. But there were 47 passes, yes. I think, because he, he ran the ball four four, yep. three mm-hmm. or four times. So right. they ran it 13 times. Yeah, so you can't you – can't, throw the ball 50 times in a football game. And, Coach, they, they like, they like being win. aggressive, Dave. You know that, right? What's that? They like being aggressive. You know <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah. And, and Baltimore more than tripled their run production. Yeah. Okay, more than tripled it. Almost right. three and a half times right. their run production. And they could do at the end of the game, which is what we all know, you wear somebody down. At the end of the game, they could do what they want. Yeah, and, and really that some of that depends on if you get out to a lead. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, sure. uh, when you when you have a ten point lead, that's not a lead in the NFL. Now it gets to seventeen, right. you know, and now all of a sudden you you can run the ball all you want, and that's what they did when they scored after the half and got up seventeen to seven. That's when they started really pouring it on. And remember, and, it was a tight ball game with a tick left in the third quarter. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. They scored after that, yeah. But. I, you know, you can look at, look in the first half. Okay, here was our offensive production. Two missed field goals, a fumble, and a clock management error. Yeah. On defense, it was four drives. They had a sack on by 44, got out of that drive. Mm-hmm. They had an interception. They had a, uh, we had one bad play. Mm-hmm. And that whole deal was when they got in the red zone and they threw that zone post yeah. for the touchdown. Right. And the guys didn't play it right. And I, it's, that's a, you talk about a trend. That's the one that that's got it. You. Yeah, that, I can tell them. I can go over there tomorrow and tell them how to play that route. Yeah, but uh, and then uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, you go into the halftime down ten to nothing. Mm-hmm. You come back out 
and we score right away. Yeah. So now it's a football game. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and in the second half, they started running the ball a little bit more. Yeah. So let's get to everyone's favorite argument over the last 48 hours. I already know the answer, but you would have spiked it before the half? Yeah. You would have I, clocked it? Well, I wouldn't have thrown in the ball in the flat. You okay. Know, I, I, I would have. Because it, I guess Doug Peterson's counter to that yesterday when reporters asked him about it was it's the same play that we ran against the Ravens last year that Marvin Jones got the shin in. And they said the same thing. They said we were prepared for that because they got it. we got it last year. Right. The same game. Yeah, that's not self-scouting, that's correct? That's common sense. That's not know. self-scouting. Yeah. Okay. And, do this. Do this favor for everybody out there. You're a former head coach. So and, flipping frustrating. And, I swear it is. Yeah, it's just, frustrating. It's yeah. not. It's not rocket science, okay, man. You're coaching football. So just take us from the moment Zay Jones makes the catch inside the five as a head coach, and just imagine your OC is in your your earpiece as well, and then obviously the 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 helmet for Trevor. What is going on? Well, from the time that that ball is completed. Well, they're telling them what to do. They're on the headset. Yeah. Either the coach is telling them, clock it, clock it, clock it, or we're going to run whatever. Or run, and, right. And that's what they did. I, I could see him. He was calling stuff out, running down the field to get to the, to the goal line. When, when he was running down the field, I, I was trying to see what he was doing. He wasn't just saying clock it. Right. He was calling a play. Yeah. And so I said, okay, they got to throw the ball into the end zone. But you got two shots with 12 seconds left. Exactly. You clock the ball. You got at least one if you don't want to fool around yeah, you got two. with the yeah. second one and make a mistake. Or you got two plays into the end zone. Yeah. But you got to put the ball into the end zone. You can't, you know, unless the guy's flat. You know, you see some of those plays where the guy's flat wide open. Mm -hmm. He's got a two-yard lead on the DB. Uh, and the That's guy's going to run it in. But you know you can't you can't throw the ball when the DB is close to the guy on the five yard line or wherever they were. Okay, so here's the all like not all the questions we've had, but certainly one of the main questions we've had is is Trevor in control at that moment where he should have just absolutely known without anyone telling him to clock it, or was he going off of well he coach I think and he's going off I think he's going off of what the coach was telling him on okay. the headset mm -hmm. right. and and to be honest with you. I, I guarantee you, Leon says it all the time, and I agree with him 100%. You have a two-minute drill in every practice. You also go through what your thought process is in that two, not the end of practice, mm -hmm. at least on Thursday or whatever, on mm -hmm. Friday. Right. And, and you have a, 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 you talk about what the thought process is in going into the two-minute. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee you, they worked that play yeah. on on Friday or whenever they worked the plays, mm -hmm. and he did what he practiced. Now, you listen to them talk, they'll say, well, if the guy's covered in the flat, you throw it into the end zone. Mm -hmm. Well, they made did a not. mistake. Right. So either way, if the quarterback was controlling everything, it should have been a clock play, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. If they're telling him to run the play, then Trevor made a mistake in throwing that ball in the, in the flat when the guy was that close to the ball. Not, not only in the flat – but to Parker Washington, well, yeah. if you're going to throw the ball there, don't you throw it to Ridley? Well, you know, the, here, here's the deal. Uh, somebody's got to get open. I mean, right. uh, yeah, uh, and, and you throw it to probably your best player. But if he's that open. play worked last year, so that's probably why he threw it out there. Yeah. You know, it's just it, – it's almost a comedy of, 
Eris. I'm going to say what Dominic I said to Mia. It's an S blank, blank, blank show yeah. sometimes right. yeah. going on right now. Yeah, and so that that's where you're at. So you guys let us know what you think, 641-1010. Uh, you can hit the text line. Let's do a that real quick, and then we'll stay on your Jags. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Since I know some of our Georgia fans out there on the text line were quick to note that maybe we jumped the gun and so did Sports Illustrated on the report. Well, now it is official. London Humphreys, Vanderbilt's second leading receiver this season as a freshman, has announced publicly that he will be transferring to the University of Georgia with three years of eligibility mm-hmm. left. How about Clark Lee and the job he's doing? He's sending good lads off to Alabama and Athens. Nah, isn't that the way it should be? Hey, the receiver, Will Shepard's out, too. He, yeah. He's gone. Yeah, They yeah. lost all three of their quarterbacks. Um, their they're be- three best receivers, their best defensive player. That's... But- but Nate Johnson on his way to Vanderbilt and America's team. That's going yeah. to be, honestly, that may be the worst Vanderbilt team in a long time, and that's saying a lot. I, I'm just saying, the, the, the fact that Athens and Tuscaloosa is going to Vanderbilt Pipeline. to players, okay, that is the, the, the main thing that sticks out to me. We'll get back to your Jags in XL Primetime. Stars are brightly shining. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. Are you going to sing that? Can I talk? Yeah, yeah. your microphone hey, is Hey, listen, JJ is trying to calm us down with that song. Putting look, a little look, don't bring us into your nightmare. He's trying to calm you down as we're and trying to do. We need the prayer hands right now, okay? Exactly. This is another reason why you watch XL Primetime on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you Pray prefer. over this team, because, okay? Because uh, Coach Campo was livid during the break as he broke down the Jaguars well, his, lost to the Ravens to us off the yeah, air. His thing and, was, uh, I, I, and the Josh Groban started while he was still ranting. About his thing, instead of saying, oh, holy night, his was, oh, holy uh, Yeah, exactly. S blank, 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 blank. Yes, yes. In the words of Channing Crowder, S blank, 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 bleep. Yes. Okay. You're not hearing that. That's me on this uh, on this conversation. Yeah, right? God and Jesus aren't hearing you either, Coach. <laughs> You're in the clear. Um, but I think pretty apropos, just as you were ranting and raving to us, we get a text um, from 485 who says, Coach, do you think Press Taylor has any fault in this whole thing? As you're lamenting about the offensive operation. Taylor. What Can you play that again, JJ? Depressed Taylor. Oh, Depressed Taylor. Thank you. Yeah. Depressed uh, Taylor. Yes, there it is. Um. Do you think, with the clunkiness of everything in the operation, is this solely execution or lack thereof, or is it the entire scheme? Well, I think part of it is is that it seems to me, and again, you know, I, I, ha- I don't think I've been this critical no. in a lot of situations. The thing that looks like to me, and it's strictly an opinion, mm-hmm. is that we get talked out of stuff. We... We uh, look at our offensive line and we say, okay, they can't do this or they can't do that, so we have to do this. Yeah. Instead of just going into a ball game and saying, look, this is who we are. This is what we have to do. And, and it looks to me like we're not doing that. 
Okay, so based on what you said, this kind of jumped out at me a little bit. You said you went through the sequence on offense, and you mentioned max protect was when they scored. Other than that, you know, you can hit the other ones. So, simple question, and this might even fall under the KISS uh, of keep it simple, stupid. Why wouldn't you max protect, max protect more often and do what you do to success? And I agree with that. I think that's got to be there. If they're worried about the offensive line, you can't drop back how many times? Yeah, 57. 47. 47. Whatever the number of 51 and 47, yeah. Yeah, you can't do that. I mean, if you're, if you're concerned about that and yet you're getting your big plays off the deep crossing routes, off of maximum protection, or somebody, you know, on a wheel route getting open, which takes time, Yeah. okay, if, if, you know, that's what you have to try to do. So if I'm hearing you correctly, and let me know if I'm not, um, might have a coaching problem here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just took him a place he does not. want I know, to go. I know you yeah. don't want to go there. I know you don't want to go there. But <laughs> but the reality is, those are decisions that are made by the guy who's running the team, by the guy who's who's calling the offensive plays. Who That's, hired the offense coordinator right, who's the allegedly guy, the calling guy, the plays? Right. So I mean, it, it's yeah, it's his product. I, my, I, I guess my whole point is. At the end of this season, when they go from eight and three to, let's hope win the division. If they don't, if it's a complete collapse, everything's got to be self-avowed, correct? I mean, right. you've got to sit down and say, "Wait a second, we were here, and then we were there." Right. What in the hell happened? Right. Yeah. And 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 some of it is, you know, you lose a couple guys, and then all of a sudden you change your thought process of what, you know, uh, what what can we do, what we can't do. I mean, all of those things all come into it, and that's coaching. But, but it's that can't also, be a crutch, right? Injuries cannot be a crutch, well, can well, they? Well, no, but but I mean, but it real. does affect yeah. the sure decision Sure it does. Sure it does. You know what I mean? Yes, and, but other teams are winning with injured players. Yeah, exactly. Well, look at the backup quarterbacks. I'm right. hoping that Bethard, if he plays this week, wins one for us because I can name okay. about seven of them that are playing. So I'll give you a play caller, V play, play caller, but also has head coach responsibility. Zach Taylor is a perfect example here. Zach Taylor lost Joe Burrow, a number one overall pick, and went to Buster Browning, as I'm calling him. And now this team here is on a three-game L streak. That team's on a three-game dub streak. And Jake Browning, with Zach Taylor calling those plays, has willed them to wins, okay? They've done it once on the road and twice at home. Does that oh, sound I guess right? twice on the road and once at home. Yeah, twice, twice on the road and once at home. And so – that's well, now that's Zach calling plays versus press calling plays. Yeah, and and let me say this: rather than talking about any one person, mm-hmm. in 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 when you look at this football team, when you make a lot of mistakes, either you got guys that aren't focused, which is your responsibility mm-hmm. as a head coach, mm-hmm. as a any coach, position coach. Sure, it's your guys, yep. right? Yep. Uh, and or you're doing too much stuff, mm-hmm. or too much different stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's to me when you said the kiss principle. Whoever said yeah, it, yeah, I, yeah, keep it did. simple, stupid. Yeah. You know the kiss principle. Yeah, somewhere along the line, you got to go back to the kiss principle. Yeah, in in the last week's game, the defense who's played really well busts three coverages. Yeah, well, you can talk about its communication and this and that, but if you got to communicate so much where you don't know who you're covering, mm-hmm. that's a coaching error. So mm-hmm. it's everybody at this point right now. It's not. Just the coaches. It's not just the players. It's yeah. everybody at this point. Big picture, mind. though, you said you don't have as many critiques for the defense this past weekend. No, 
No, I mean, I can go and, through and, the- and therefore, in the grand scheme of things, minus the last two games, you probably really don't have that much of a critique for them negatively for the whole course of the 2023 season. Right. And and to be honest with you, they've they've they have gone beyond the expectations. Right. The offense has not met the expectations. And we all know that Don't get rid of the Aqua yeah. idea. We all know show, that okay. Dave is a defensive guy, but last week on this show and on the Camp on Joe podcast because I really remember it there where you said, "Look, they gave up all those points to Flacco, but they really did not. Again, they had three busts. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. That's the, otherwise, uh, but but it still comes down to, I say it a hundred times, <laughs> it's five plays in a game. Yeah. If you make them, you win. If they make them, they win. Right. And that's what it is. If you bust three coverages, that's three of the five. Yeah. You're in trouble. On offense, if you get an offside penalty when you're on the – Three-yard line, it goes back to the 10 mm-hmm. or whatever, uh, the 8. Yeah. I'm, I'm not too good math. <laughs> but if it goes back, that, that's a, uh, one of the plays that might make the difference. Yeah, if you exactly. don't clock the ball and take a shot to throw into the end zone right. and, and you don't you run out of time, that's one of those five plays. You better believe it. It could and be 10-7, so, 10-3. You know, and, and let me tell you something. In this league, eight teams that are favored win – Mm-hmm. Eight teams that are not favored win in a seat in a in a deal. You better make those five plays, or else you're going to lose a football game. No matter who you are, unless you're just exceptional, like maybe the San Francisco 49ers are. Yeah. And they, even then, they, they, they lost three straight games. Absolutely, earlier yeah, but, and they lost because they lost a few guys yeah. that were top guys. But you know that's true. So yeah. we know Trevor Lawrence is in the concussion protocol. No word exactly on his status for Sunday. We know Zay Jones suffered another injury. Considered day to day with the hamstring injury he suffered against the Ravens. If he can't go, Coach, I mean, you're looking at a wide receiver lineup of Calvin Ridley, Parker Washington, Tim Jones, Elijah Cooks. You're probably going to have to call somebody up in the practice squad. The hope is you would get Bretton Strange back so you'd have your three healthy tight ends. I mean, yes, it's technically then that you're only missing Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, but it feels like a whole lot more. Yeah, I mean, some of the younger guys are going to have to come through. I mean, Cooks, uh, uh, Jones, those guys Don't have got to come through. about old Josh Peterson. Well, yeah. Well, no, he's – the thing <laughs> yeah. is, he's, he a, he's out of practice squad elevation, <laughs> yeah. so they would have to sign him to the active yeah, roster. Yeah, because they, they moved Nathan uh, Rourke, and they signed another one. Welcome back to the EJ era. EJ, yeah, uh, I think yeah. he's back. Uh, but just to your point real quick, Coach, five teams, including last night, five teams had the game-winning score in the final two minutes of regulation or overtime, Okay. And those include the likes of Carolina, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Houston, and Seattle last night. That's it. Yeah. You, you got you got to figure out how to make plays to win. I tell games. you, when you look at this football team right now, uh, the team they're playing this weekend, Tampa Bay Bucks, they're the same team, mm-hmm. although they're playing at a better level. Yeah, the Bucks yeah. are ascending because right they're now. ascending. Descending, right? We're descending, but it's two. At this point right now, you would have to say, if you're going to be completely honest, with the way we are playing right now, we're a middle-of-the-pack mm-hmm. NFL football team. Yeah, and yeah. that's what they are. Yeah, and right now, Baker, another former number one pick, playing better than maybe expected. Absolutely. And this former number one pick, maybe not playing 
as good as expected. That's what we're looking at right so. now. So we better make the five mm-hmm. plays in this next ball game, or else it's going to be another ugly weekend. To your point, Coach Campo, after not yeah. debuting on many sports books yesterday, the Jags Bucks game is officially up on the board at my bookie, and it is a pick 'em to begin the week, which I feel like kind of makes sense given where yeah. both these teams yeah, currently stand. I think what I just said is is yeah. what it is. You you I would give the edge. I would have given us a, a minus a, a plus one. Mm-hmm. The way it started, because yeah, I saw they're playing minus, better than we are, and they're at home. But it may be headed there because I saw a minus one earlier, and now if me is saying it's a pick, then it may be going. In yeah. that so the, yeah. the thing that disturbs me, Dave, and I feel like I have to say this again every time. Yeah. I think he's going to be a great player. The thing that disturbs me, I don't think he, he's going to get fired, even with injuries. Right, <laughs> Napier, same thing. Even with injuries, the elite quarterbacks raise the level of other guys around them. So if you got backup receivers around there, those guys play better because the elite quarterback is helping them with throws that are there, throws that are on time, throws that are thrown with anticipation, right? This is what I think the difference between this year and last year with Trevor Lawrence. If Trevor Lawrence had a bad game last year, you were like, he's going to bounce back. Now I'm not sure he's bouncing back. And you could say, well, it's because the line's a mess and the receiver, whatever. The good quarterbacks do the things that make other guys better, right? Yeah, I mean, he's struggling. I mean, he had he didn't, you know, even though his statistics were okay in this ball game, he didn't have a good, really good ball right. game. I mean, and it's been a few of those, you know. So I, I, I think you're right. I, Do you tell that to your quarterback if you're a head coach? Well, I think the I think the position coaches are doing it. I think the position coaches. So you think are Mike saying, McCoy's saying? Oh yeah, you know, you got to play better. You got to play. If we're we're gonna win, this is a quarterback driven offense. Yeah. You know, we don't have the ability to be a, you know, we're going to pound them. And, and I, I still believe you have to be balanced, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. a quarter how he plays. And they've told us they, they want to be balanced. Yeah. yeah. So and, I don't know what's happening. Well, I think some of it is when the score changes and stuff like that, you get, you get spooked out of stuff. But, right, well, you, but you can't. One yeah. score game, though, heading into the fourth quarter. That's not the game getting away from you. Let's stay on this topic and a whole lot more. We will preview as well the Jags and the Bucks a little bit too. You are listening to XL Primetime on a Beaver Toyota Beaver Chevy Tuesday. I would say he's still growing. You'll see him make some really special throws. But to me, he still misses a few too many of those layups one way or another. I think he does an excellent job of, of getting the ball out. There are times still where he locks in on a guy and tries to make something happen that's not quite there, but uh, that would be the biggest thing that I would say. I don't really see a lot of holes in his game. Some of the easy misses, there's two of them a game, I go, oh, that's, that's a weird miss from you. You sailed that one or whatnot, so, or you, you missed the coverage on that one. This is XL Primetime, protected by preferred roofing on 1010XL. So I wanted to play those because those were three guys that know the game, played the game, and and they were talking about Trevor Lawrence. In order, that was Hall of Famer Kurt Warner, Hall of Famer Troy Aikman, and you can call him a Hall of Fame analyst, Dan Orlovsky, because he's you know getting all the love these days uh, on ESPN, but they were all talking about Trevor Lawrence, and it was – yeah, he's about to turn that corner or those are those odd moments that he has. So, Coach, I mean, that that was the Monday night football preview show that we did when this team had a shot at the number one seed, and now it's three losses later. Yeah, unfortunately in this game, sometimes it, it spirals uh, one way or another. Either goes you win three or four in a row or you lose three or four in a row. 
That's the way the league is. You got to prepare every week, and you got to be right all the time. Uh, and my hope is obviously that it's you don't very seldom see a good football team, which I think we have good players, mm-hmm. and we should be a good football team. Very seldom do you see them lose four in a row. Right. So that's my hope is that they've got a chance, but they have to get it right now. And I think we play better when we have to do something when we when we're uh, going from being a, a, a ahead of everything else. So now we turn the page. You said 24-hour rule is over when you walked in. Doug Peterson said yesterday that part of his job, the coaching staff staff's job at this juncture, is to also identify the good. How would you approach this work week if you're I, Doug Peterson? I think you have to do it that way. I mean, uh, you know – in no way, you said it earlier, Mia, that, that this game did not get away from them until the very end, okay? So uh, it's it's one of those things where you can point to a lot of positive things, too. Right now, we're hitting all the negative because yeah. that's what costs us the football game. But in reality, there were good things. I mean, they moved the ball at, at certain times. They just shot themselves in the foot. we got to eliminate those, and it's time to do that now. So that would have been my pr- approach. We still got everything ahead of us. We're in first place. We've got three games that we've got to take care of, but the only one we should be worried about is the one we're playing this week, and we've got to right the ship right now. Uh, so I don't, I don't want to like usurp your Friday show which, when you're going to break down the game, but you've got a quarterback who, yes, he played a perfect game as far as rating-wise in, in Baker Mayfield, but Baker's been known to give up the ball every now and then. Not only interceptions, but fumbles as well. I mean, this is going to be. You talked about the defense. How you think the defense is playing well, and they haven't been a problem all year. This has got it. They've got to set the tone in this game. Absolutely. And and Baker Mayfield, you can say whatever you want. You know, the guy is like uh, up, down, up, down. But right, right. now, he's according up. to Todd Bowles, he's doing everything right. Toughness, mental, uh, you know, talent. You know, he's doing it all. Well, he hasn't been able to do that on a consistent basis. So I'm hopeful that we can rattle him a little bit. And he's, he's kind of a riverboat gambler. And mm-hmm. He'll turn the ball over if you give him an opportunity. Yeah, I expected a lot more of that from him instead of a 158.3 passer rating <laughs> up in Lambeau this past week. And by the way, he does have some dudes. He's still well, on the football team. Well, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. Godwin and, and uh, yeah. Evans, uh, yeah. Yeah, come on now. And by the way, Rashad White. Yeah, third round pick, running it pretty good, doing work down and there. catching it. Yeah, doing both exactly. All right, coach, we're going to fire up a Campo and Joe podcast, so we'll be Facebook Live with you, and we got our takeaways coming up as we welcome in the French show in just a few. Now the two minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com/careers. Equal opportunity employer. Francis show getting ready to crack. Lauren Brooks in, uh, ready, ready to go. What's going That's on? That's right. Yeah, it's uh, we, you know, the holiday season. I see the peanut and M and M's out. Yeah, TLD brought them in for the uh, for the XLP gang. She said, "Y'all need protein." Yeah, yeah, I do. I listen. I'm a peanut M and M guy. I'm not straight M and M's. I can't do it. Yeah, won't do it. <laughs> and by That's the way, I won't. Yeah, won't do it. And we made sure that Matt is going to take his M and M's to his daughters because he's, you know, awake in 180. Yes. Yeah. How much weight have you lost now, Matt? Um, I cl- close it in on 30. If you guys want to wow. see something funny, this go watch classic. the 1010XL Jaguars prediction video. Yeah. And so. Oh, and contrasting. I would ask to May. Yeah. 
What did okay. Leon call me? Yeah. Fat? No, other than <laughs> that. Other than that. Yeah. No, he had some, He like said you were curly slim. or something, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he said you looked like Curly from the Three Stooges. Right, yeah, there you go. That's <laughs> amazing. 30, you haven't been doing it that long. No, he's yeah. lost like 50 total, I think. Yeah, and, looks great. And he's yeah. being bashful. Straight discipline. Straight yeah, discipline, bashful. which is good. Hey, I mean, especially this time of year, you need that discipline. Yeah, exactly. It's hard. Yeah. All right, what's coming up with discipline? Sure. Uh, Denny Thompson has all the discipline. Uh-huh. So he's coming up at 5 o'clock, and, of course, we'll continue talking Jaguars like yeah. y'all have. And Speaking of former fat guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Denny, too. Denny, Denny was fat. Denny fluctuates oh, like there's no oh, tomorrow. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. Denny, really? I oh, guess yeah. I never knew Part that, of that Denny. was he. He's um, in a walking Ozempic pen right now. <laughs> Part of that was he had the liver. So he had some sort of like medical issue with him last year, but yeah. So oh, he looks great. He also had the stress of dealing with Carson Beck, Willie Roney. <laughs> and Anthony Richardson. And that, yeah. yeah. I feel like people who don't fluctuate, like there are people that work in this building and they don't fluctuate at all. And I'm yeah. so jealous. Yeah. Well, I, I figured out one time if we added, and Dempsey admits this, you know, he says, I've lost it, I've gained it, I've lost it, I gained right, it. Right, right. And then Lamb back in the day lost it. Like total those two up about a ton. <laughs> Out of time. I mean, it, that yeah, it's hard to keep it yeah, off. Yeah, so it really good is. luck to everybody once you lose the weight in, in doing just that. Exactly. All right, we'll be listening to Lauren. All right, Thank thanks you. Thanks so much. All right, so the Francis Show is coming up next, but first. Now, today's takeaways brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. Uh, my takeaway is tomorrow's National Signing Day. Mm-hmm. Could be a either really, really pleasant one. <laughs> your Florida Gators are devastating. I think he might be saying national no signing day uh, is what it could be. Coach? Well, I listened to Evan Ingram on the interview mm-hmm. say that this is a, season is not slipping away from us, that we know what we have to do, and I'm counting on that this weekend. Mm-hmm. Well said, Coach. Uh, my takeaway is that there have been 26 of 32 opponents for the Iowa women's basketball team that have set attendance records this year. So uh, that that is mind-boggling in one season, that yeah. 26 athletic programs have sold out because of Caitlin Clark. Uh, uh, I, take- don't know, I don't know if we've yeah. ever seen that in college sports. That's impressive. My takeaway is I think National Signing Day is the only thing that still uses the word facts in a sentence. <laughs> and I guarantee you, in Gainesville, they're going to walk behind the fax machine and they're going to check that plug. About a hundred times. Is, My only question is for this you, thing plugged Joe, in? Is like that, are you test, sure it's plugged in? <laughs> will, will, it be, will, it be, will it be a four-year decision or a 40-year decision, or yeah. is this solely a one-year decision <laughs> well, for most of those signing on the dotted line tomorrow? All right, we will find out. All right, Coach, you and I are going to do a Campo and Joe podcast. You bet. So looking forward to that. We are done. We say thanks to Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota. Uh, they are there to wow you, and they're really never done uh, with the service or the sale or making sure that you're satisfied. That's the name of the game uh, in the automotive business, and it's a purchase and all that comes with it. So check it out, beaverchevrolet.com, for their great lineup of vehicles, SUVs, trucks, and sedans, and beavertoyotastaugustine.com with new digs coming soon right there at 207 and 995. We are out. Joe C., me, O'Brien, Matty Hayes, Big Surge Coach, and JJ.